What's up, True Heel? He True Heel? What's up? So yeah, did anything like big happen? You know, it's a new year, first True Hill Heat of uh, 2023. Nothing major happened in wrestling. Oh, wait, wait, I got a text. Um, Apparently, Sasha Banks is in New Japan Pro Wrestling and Kenny Omega and Kazuko Okada teamed up for the first time ever this week. Kenny and Will Ospreay just had one of the greatest matches of all time. And oh, wh wh what? Vince McMahon is forced his way back into the WWE on the board of directors. Well, I guess we got a lot to talk about. This is True Hill Heat 207, first True Hill Heat of 2023. Let's get the intro and get to it. <laughs> Hello, hello, hello. It is me, it is me, your True Hill Phenom, SP3. We are live on the True Hill Heat YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter for True Hill Heat 207. The big clap back. We are going to be discussing the latest wrestling news, including Vince McMahon forcing his way back into WWE, rejoining the board of directors. Sasha Banks becomes Mercedes Monet as she debuts for New Japan Pro Wrestling at Wrestle Kingdom 17. Speaking of WK17, we will recap this week's shows to kick off 2023, as well as some final week of 2022 shows like Wrestle Kingdom 17 featuring Kenny. Omega versus Will Ospreay in an absolute instant classic. AEW Dynamite from Seattle, the new era uh, with Darby Allen versus Samoa Joe for the TNT Championship. Last night's AEW Rampage and Battle of the Belts 5. WWE SmackDown, Raw, NXT, Stardom's Queen, uh, Dream Queendom 2, Pro Wrestling Noah's New Year's Day show with Shinsuke Nakamura versus. I don't want to call him great. Maybe uh, the Grand Wizard, Great Muda. Maybe I don't know. Uh, GCW's New Year's shows, as well as Impact on Access TV, plus much, much more. I am here joining us, filling in for Top Guy JJ and Miss Chrissy Love, the face and the ace of the True Hill Heat YouTube channel. It's been quite a while since we had him here on the flagship podcast. Welcome back, Mr. Romeo Anthony Cologne. What's up, y'all? Why do I always got to be here when some Vince McMahon shit goes off? <laughs> Wasn't that the last time you were on the show? Was the Vince? Sure. Was the... <laughs> gotta love well, it. I got my shirt on. I got my shirt on for the occasion. Very, very <laughs> nice. Shirt. Very nice. I got, I got my um, Biggie Andre the Giant inspired shirt. Shout out to my missus for for letting me borrow that. That's a nice little shirt here. And we had to bring a special guest to kick off 2023. One of our absolute favorites that we always have here. We usually have him around when we're talking about maybe AEW ROH, but I know he's a guy that watches New Japan, so I asked him here for this week and did not even know we were going to be talking about the biggest news story <laughs> decade uh, on this show but we have with us the man you hear him over at post wrestling as well as the gravel app podcast one of my favorite people in wrestling media benno is back 
Uh, hey, SP3, made up to be here. I was a little bit worried you only invited me on because I was starting fights with the uh, the Sasha Banks crew this week on Twitter, so <laughs> maybe this is an intervention, but luckily everyone's forgotten about that now. We've all moved on to different news stories, so I can be thankful of Vince McMahon for one thing. You know, Vince, 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 Vince get, took all the heat off of you. He took all mm. the heat off of Skip Bayless, uh, took all the heat <laughs> off of Karen Jarrett. Like, it's been, yep. it's, been a, it's been a weird start to 2023, but... Uh, a lot of people mm. have been causing a stir, a stir in uh, social media, but nothing like Mr. McMahon. But I'm so glad to be back on a Saturday, 11.05 a.m. Eastern Time, True Hill Heat flagship podcast. Thank you all for joining us live wherever you are. Remember to drop the thumbs up on the video. Share this video with all your wrestling fans, friends, and family on all your favorite social media platforms. If you are new to the True Hill Heat YouTube channel, hit that subscribe button. Hit the bell to stay notified for all the great content here. There's been plenty of content to start off 2023 from us. Whether it be our year-end videos for 2022, we had the Wrestle Kingdom 17 preview earlier this week. Wrestle Kingdom Watch Along was very uh, a huge success for us, starting at 3 a.m. Eastern Time. Yet we had a thousand views, so thank you all for joining us for that, as well as a thousand views for our review yesterday with myself, J News, and Sanal. So been great great feedback from everything we've been doing so far in 2023 over 200 subscribers in the first week of uh the, the new year so thank you so much for all the great support gotta thank romeo as well because he does a lot more work than i do i appreciate you oh sir. well you stop you're gonna make me blush <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm I'm spread a little thin from uh, father work, writing work, and then all this nonsense that we have to deal with in the wrestling world. Oh, hey. <laughs> but we love this fancy background. SP3, very impressed. Looking good. <laughs> Get recordings in where you can. Hey, hey, hey! I, I that's another one for the missus. The missus is the one. She put the nice little. So she was like, "Oh, it's gonna be a nice little background." She was like, "You don't need your sheet on the back." She was like, "You can have the pretty nice. background behind you." No true hill heat sheet this week. So see where that YouTube money's going. We can see. <laughs> <laughs> that's why we appreciate the support, y'all. Uh, <laughs> of course, we got to shout out all of y'all and remember, sound off in the live chat. We love hearing from y'all. The true hill heat flagship podcast is probably our most interactive of our shows that we have here on the channel so we love to hear from all of you we'll try to highlight as many of your comments as possible but to make sure your highlight your comment is highlighted on screen if you have a question you have a thought that once do you want to be read out super chat donation is the best way to do that we are really pushing for a super chat goal of $500 just this month. It's a modest goal overall for the month, but since we're getting, getting so much feedback, so much great success with views as well as subscribers, we want to translate that into the Super Chats because all the contributors uh, take a bit of that for what we do for this channel here. But like I said, we're going to sound off in the live chat. We got Beep Boop here with us who says, think Trump is jealous of uh, Vince? I mean... I don't know if Trump put his dick on the table like Vince did this week. Uh, happy yeah. birthday to the, to, to the little brother, the Jack the Jobber of True Hill Heat and Fightful. Caden, uh, Caden, happy birthday to you. Welcome to the 20s. God damn, this kid is, is freaking young. He never he never even heard of AIM, probably, or, or Skonex, <laughs> or <birthday>. MySpace. <laughs> happy birthday, Caden. <laughs> 
<laughs> we got uh ace who says what's up sp3 romeo benno and chat uh we got cm congratulating us for the success in the first week of the new year frantic world saying what's up sp3 romeo benno and chat we also got a saying as long as this stays far away from creative i mean if you got some connections with the man upstairs you might want to make that call because <laughs> I've been loving all the all the fans that's just like, you know, you, you guys are not reading the report. It says that he can't do that. Oh yeah. We'll get into that. We can trust anyone, well. we can trust Vince McMahon. You know, Absolutely. He's a man of his word. Man of his <laughs> word. He it's it's not like he's ever beaten any cases in his life or, or no. went around things that the government has said, you know. This man, no. Well, of course he's going <laughs> to listen. Uh, he has in a couple of happy birthday shout outs for Caden in the chat as well. Thank you all I for betcha. joining us. Uh, we appreciate you all. That's why we do the True Hill Roll Call to start off every edition of our flagship podcast, shouting out people supporting us on social media here on the YouTube channel and Patreon. Our top three conversation starters on the Facebook group page. True Hill Trinity is Joe Bellini. Alan Weinstein, and then back on top after a few weeks away. He's been working hard, so the holiday season gave him a chance to get back on top. The Negro Buck, Nick Jackson. Patreon backers, you got Nick, you got ALW, you got Vala B, uh, Alex McCarthy, Professor Chris, Austin K, you my boy Blue, Yachty, Robert, Steve, Antoine, Fifth Generation Carney, Ladarius, John, Dan, Kobe, Queen Moan, and Dolores. Thank you so much for supporting us on Patreon.com forward slash true hill heat three dollars a month you get exclusive content the true hill heat prediction championship by the way romeo uh, i i wanted to i want today announce the winner of season two since wrestle kingdom was the wrap-up i don't know if you had the results yet but you got some time throughout this uh, podcast probably i don't know if you'll you'll have time in between all the stuff we're going to be discussing so let's get into it Let's just get right to it. Don't even pull any punches. The top news story is, of course, Vincent Kennedy McMahon forces his way back to a to the WWE as a member of the board of directors to help facilitate a sale of the company. So this is like two big news stories in one right here. As we've previously mentioned on the flagship podcast, former WWE chairman and CEO Vince McMahon has planned on making a comeback to WWE and return to the company after his uh, very, very high profile resignation from the company in 2022 back in July. On Thursday, the Wall Street Journal published a new article on how McMahon is plotting a WWE return, and his comeback also involves him purchasing a uh, pursuing a sale for the company. As has been uh, previously noted, McMahon is still the majority owner of WWE. According to the report, McMahon is planning a return to the company and is pursuing a sale of the WWE. McMahon, who has majority voting power due to his owner his ownership of WWE's Class B stock, in informed WWE that he will elect himself and two former co-presidents and directors, Michelle Wilson and George Barrios. If you remember, they previously left their positions as co-presidents in WWE in early 2020 due to Vince McMahon. It was rumored that McMahon was not happy with the fourth quarter 2019 earnings during their tenure, and they had 
disagreements on how to increase revenue for the company. Of course, both Barrios and Wilson was replaced by Nick Khan. Per the Wall Street Journal report, McMahon's reinstatement to WWE would require three current directors to uh, vacate their positions, and the WWE board of directors previously rebuffed a move to have McMahon reinstated. Additionally, the board uh, reportedly agreed to a unanimous decision that McMahon returning to the company would not be in the best interest of WWE shareholders. That was after they received a letter from McMahon asking to return as a, as a board member for the sale. It was also communicated to the board that unless he has direct involvement at the company's executive chairman uh, from the outset of strategic review for both a sale of the company and their media rights deal, he will not support or approve any type of media rights deal or sale. WWE media rights for both Raw and SmackDown programs are due to be renegotiated soon as it does expire, expire uh, later in two, 2024 with the broadcast contracts. McMahon resigned from his post as WWE chairman and, and CEO last July amid a sexual harassment scandal and allegations of paying off former WWE workers he has alleged to be having affairs with. Per the report, McMahon remains willing to continue working to complete any reimbursement of reasonable expenses related to into the investigation into the allegations of sexual misconduct to the extent that they are not covered by insurance. Also, McMahon is said to have declined to agree not to return to WWE. And then, and then Vince himself issued a a press release to the entire world on having submitted written consent to the WWE board to elect himself, Burials, and Wilson as directors. The press release also notes that McMahon is taking necessary actions to position the company to capitalize on a unique opportunity to maximize long-term value for all WWE shareholders. It also details McMahon enabling unified decision-making through the upcoming media rights negotiations for WWE and a parallel full review of the company's strategic alternatives. And then on Friday, folks, it became official. WWE officially filed a document with the SEC confirming that McMahon has returned to the board. The document also revealed that Joe Ellen Lyons Dillon, Jeffrey R. Speed, and Alan M. Wexler were removed from the board without cause to make room for McMahon, Barrios, and Wilson's return. It was noted that McMahon made changes to WWE bylaws so that media rights deals and company sale can't be made without his approval. WWE then sent out a press release to confirm the news that McMahon has returned to the company's board of directors. An interesting note in the release is that after the installation of Barrios, McMahon, and Wilson, two members of the board resigned as well. Uh, Ignis Lalune and Manjint Singh, two people who were involved in the investigation against McMahon, both resigned from the board. This follows news that McMahon had previously removed Joe Ellen Lyons uh, Dillon, Jeffrey R. Speed, and Alan M. Wexler to make room for himself, Wilson, and Barrios. The current board of directors includes McMahon, Wilson, Barrios, Nick Khan, Stephanie McMahon, Paul Lefecht, Steve Coonan, uh, Michelle McKenna, and Steve 
Alink Parmon. Uh, Fightful Select spoke with dozens of people in WWE, noting that everyone involved was floored by McMahon's announcement. The report notes that no one in any department, including talent, production, creative, and general staff, was given a heads up in any way, either before or in the immediate aftermath of the news breaking. One talent said that they were told not one bit, but considering some people from this regime were kept this long, they must have known it would happen. Another top talent in the company said that they weren't given any information and had asked what the possibilities of McMahon returning to creative would be. That concern was prevalent. The talent spoke to uh, two people in creative that spoke with the site had not been informed of any change to the res their responsibilities and were in fact sent notes for, for SmackDown just before the Wall Street Journal published the story on McMahon's uh, declared intent to return and employees in the production department were also not told of anything trust me there is a lot more to this story but i had to break things up but Dano, <laughs> what is your reaction to the news of this mcmahon's return to kick off 2023 well first though great job recapping that like just hearing that story out loud you just need the succession music in the background <laughs> to just complete the whole thing because that's what this is we're in succession season five, like, and it's the McMahon family exploding. It's Logan Roy coming back. Like, my reaction's kind Spoiler of like... alert. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> ah, you know that series. They'll reset at the end of every, every series. It'll start yeah. again. Uh, but yeah, like the McMahons, it's like my biggest like reaction is one, like utter disbelief that this is happening, but two, kind of like countering that with of course it's happening it's Vince McMahon like yeah he wasn't gonna go off and get any hobbies was he what's he been doing since mm. July you know he's like he's not a golfer he's got no friends he doesn't do anything other than book you know what was a shitty wrestling show that has got at least marginally better while he's been gone and he's been watching it probably watching the tv going god damn pal who's this Johnny Gargano guy <laughs> who, who, who's this Karrion Cross guy who let Braun back in like he's probably motivated by that more than more than anything and pure boredom like i my biggest reaction is i don't believe there's a real sale coming like i think if you yeah. i think they'll go through the motions of, of acting like they want to sail but i think this is a trojan horse to get vince back in i think he is literally just wants that power back like i think that the true story as much as wwe will now put a rosy face on it and put out press releases about you know the opportunities that are that are in front of them going forward as you mentioned there that back and forth of you know vince you know merry christmas guys by the way i'd like to come back and then unanimously <laughs> the board saying no the board which includes triple h Shawn Ma triple h and, and stephanie mcmahon both of them you know have co-signs that um that letter back to him saying they don't want him back that says everything i know he's, he's yes. there for elbowed his way in pushed his way in however you want to put it and things aren't good right now like uh he's saying he's happy with you know the, the roles that, that nick Khan, uh triple h and stephanie are doing particularly but I, I can't believe that's true and i can't believe things are going to say as they are maybe those guys keep the job titles but they're going to be answering to Vince McMahon um, and he's going to win at the end. That's the thing as much as, <laughs> you know, he's a scumbag and we can, you know, the, the, the amount of allegations out there and the very, very serious, horrible allegations. And that shouldn't be lost. Like, no. you know, he's, he's Trump. Like you said, he, he, he's that kind of guy and he wasn't going to ever take this lying down. And yeah, Vince McMahon really loses and it sounds like he's coming up winning right now. 
Absolutely, it does. And this is what we discussed last time you were on here, Romeo, when we had Stat King kind of explaining why, you know, Vince leaving, he he was still scared that he would still have some involvement because of those Class B stocks that he owned. And now we see six months later, it the, the chickens have come out to roost already. <laughs> Are you surprised that it happened this soon? No, no. Um, <laughs> I'm surprised it didn't happen sooner. Honestly, um, he he's held the company hostage. He's held the stockholders hostage. Uh, you're not going to be the stock is not going to be getting any more money through a big sale uh, unless I approve it. So and the only way for me to approve it is if you let me back in, let me back in. And this is just, you know, this is Vince being Vince. Vince, we shouldn't be surprised. Yeah, I think I think uh, Beno said it best. It's definitely the Trojan horse. Like, oh yeah, yes. you know, I'm just, I'm just, it's just a sale. Like, legitimately, <laughs> outside of the person that I sleep next to every night, I did talk to some people that do work in within WWE, and they all are under the understanding that it seems like all three of us are under the understanding that. It's not going to stop just there when it comes to Vince. I think people it, within the company know him enough. And I feel like there is the kind of that small percentage of fans that are very vocal at this point being like, well, well, the report says he can't do mm -hmm. it. And they don't understand that there is 50 years of history that says <laughs> that McMahon is going to try more than this. Right, Romeo? If even people outside the company know how Vince McMahon is. We've seen it for years. Which is, you know, it's a shame that it's not going to stop here because I could, in a vacuum, understand why he would want to be a part of the sale. It's his baby. It's always been his baby. He helped morph it into what it is today, this global conglomerate. And you don't want Nick Khan taking credit for it. Oh, look at this massive sale that WWE, he's going to have his name at the top of the headlines. No, Vince McMahon, we know, is an egomaniac. He wants his name at the top of the headline wwe sells for blah 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 billion million whatever dollars led by vince mc vincent kennedy mcmahon that's and you know when you get old when you get senile you start thinking about death you start thinking about your legacy and he wants that one final thing on his resume so he can go to sleep happy but we know it doesn't stop at that if it did if it was just that i could understand mm. Yeah, we just yeah. We, I think I think we're all under the understanding that it's not going to end right here and that they can throw any smoke and mirrors to us and tell the employees this, that and the third. But I don't know. I don't know if it ends just right there, folks. Do you uh, better? Do you foresee Vince McMahon attempting to garner more power within WWE? And how soon do you foresee him trying to do that? Monday. Yeah, I think that that's kind of what that is. Yeah, yeah. Because the the thing about this is, if if a sale is real and they are, I know they're going to go through the motions. They're going to act like they want a sale, and if they want a sale, they're going to do what he did when he got rid of Braun, when he got rid of Bray. Companies that are looking to sell, they slim down. And what's the easiest thing to to slim down? It's the roster. It's it's the wages they're paying these guys. So if that's true, you know the the wrestlers should say and be certainly be worried. But that's the thing about this, you know, Stephanie McMahon, which is unlike her. Around the time Vince left, was willing to say, "Listen, some of the reason that Vince had to go was that advertisers were uncomfortable, TV partners were uncomfortable." Like 
if that remains true, he's not going to help with any kind of, you know, sale. If anything, he's going to be a, a huge hindrance and a, and a problem, especially as, you know, you've, you've got to believe the amount of allegations that come about, out about him so far. There's probably more out there. You know, there could be other Wall Street Journal stories. He's a massive problem in the middle of it, but he's there. He's determined to stick himself in the middle of this, despite the fact that Nick Khan was probably the most, you know, the most qualified person to sell this company. You know, he's the he's the man who makes the deals. If he's not there for that, what else was is he there for? I honestly think, uh, as far as the change in power goes, it might not even be Vince Force and things. It might be people like Nick Khan just going, you know what? I don't need to put my reputation through this. It's quite clear what's happening here. He's brought <laughs> back fucking, you know, Michelle Wilson and, and you know, Mr. Granularity, George Barrios. That tells you, you know, they were, like you said, you know, 2018, 2019, like they were the, Vince was blaming them for for, this, for the, the way things were and bringing in Nick Khan to save things. If I'm mm. Nick Khan, I'm probably looking at, you know, other opportunities going forwards. It's just, yeah, I think we're expecting. Or he's probably just going to leak the. He's probably just going to leak the next uh, big hit piece on on Vince, probably. Well, yeah, if it's him, it could be <laughs> could be Stephanie. Him. You know, they, could, they could be maybe it's Triple H. Mm. They said you yeah, can't they come back that. in because there's stuff that's unreleased about you that they're probably going to release if you come back in. Like exactly, like, I don't care. Yeah, it'll pass. And and I think if even if Nick Khan is involved in like leaking this stuff, he's basically a tool. I think it, 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 you have more basically uh, motive when it comes to Triple H or Stephanie because of everything that went down prior to Vince, the scandal coming out with Vince, like bad mouthing Stephanie when she took the break from the company, saying that it was all her fault with certain things that were going wrong. You had her, you had what he did to Triple H's vision of NXT and firing his basically uh, like, you lieutenants all of his lieutenants from nxc and co completely revamping that that whole thing so yeah it's all those things and then if you're visiting man you 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 if you've been watching the wwe product in your head you come up with about a dozen reasons why you need to be back why is carrying cross out there without a helmet why is Braun Strowman? <laughs> why is Braun Strowman out there uh, at all? Bray Wyatt. Mm. Why are we spending twenty minutes with Bray Wyatt? He's he's been back for months and he hasn't wrestled yet. He's just pissed off. You're you're like mm. you're letting Nakamura go back to Japan. You're letting Carl mm. Anderson work the Tokyo Dome. All these things mm. probably pissed off bits, and he had all the reason in the world. I re I even got people who told me maybe Triple H says something slick to Vince, like like you can stay at home. I hope you're. In enjoying your vacation and he took that he took that salty because that first letter <laughs> comes on what uh the 26th mm. the 27th so it's probably after the whole mcmahon family spent time together for christmas <laughs> yeah. triple h, well, one last hail mary by triple h like, let me make charlotte champ real quick uh, charlotte call him charlotte <laughs> maybe that'll leave the like, old man yeah he was like he like after he got the letter he was like let me like charlotte come back win the title maybe he'll be all right maybe, he'll, oh, maybe finally he some he good television finally yeah it's like god damn it imagine, imagine if you <laughs> imagine if you're william regal like that uh, guy like, <laughs> like he'll be back in aw by halfway through the year you know tony khan will take him back like <laughs> first day back on the job claws, Maybe he's also got some clause. If Vince comes back into power, I'm allowed to go back to AEW. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Reverse, got a clause in each contract. The reverse clause, like I, 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 I could pull out the Uno reverse and go back. He's, he's probably texting. He probably texted a uh, texting Tony. Like, how you doing? What you doing? Why you not answering my calls? 
Andrade, uh, Andrade and Miro are being like, oh, hey, yeah. Tony. Uh, you know, Miro's like, I know you wanted me to job to Dustin Rhodes. So, you know, I'll be back in like next week. Don't <laughs> worry. You know what? I, I, I didn't like Cornette anyway. I don't like any of those guys. Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm love you, Tony. <laughs> That tweet Tony did yesterday was brilliant, where he's like, yeah, weird people are being nice to me the last 24 hours. I don't know why. Oh, that I bet funny. that's true. <laughs> I was like, T. King Petty. That is, that is his name. He always got to say something when this big news be dropping. But, of course, like I said, there's more to this story. Uh, going back to Feifel's report, the unanimous uh, reaction from the uh, from those that the site talked to uh, was that the situation was bad news or above their pay grade and something that they would not worry over until they needed to. One member of the roster said, finding out online is scary and it's Vince, so I don't believe a word he says. I hope current management and everything doesn't change, but only time will tell. They said that they greatly uh, respect Triple H and Stephanie McMahon. One more talent said they thought there would be serious issues in the roster if McMahon returned to his position in creative. A recently signed talent said, I would be blown away if he returned to creative. One higher up in the company said, I can't count how many interviews I've read or people I talked to outside the company that said, Vince liked me, but I got fired. He didn't like you. He didn't like any of them. He fired or they wouldn't have been, he fired them or they wouldn't have been fired during a pandemic. Earlier today, uh, earlier today, this morning, we got even bigger news as it concerns the WWE sale. In an article looking at potential buyers for WWE, CNBC is reporting that WWE has hired financial behemoth jp morgan to advise the company on a potential sale they targeted mid 2023 as the time that the deal will either happen or not pw insider yesterday had a new report sharing additional information gained from the investigation of Vince McMahon's forcible return to the board of wwe all of their sources have universally commented how tumultuous the situation at WWE has been over the past 24 hours. It seems as though there was an, an academic uh, acknowledgement that Vince's return could potentially happen, but many did not anticipate that it actually would manifest. The most recent episode of the Light Shed podcast offered a theory that UFC's parent company, William Morris Endeavor, could possibly be a candidate for purchasing WWE, but would only attempt to do so pending McMahon's direct involvement. Uh, Comcast, as the owner of NBC Universal, is also a leading name for many individuals in the running for eventual acquisition of WWE, especially considering the tenure of their relationship between the two companies. Board uh, member Manjit Singh's resignation has been seen as the least shocking move of the day. The former Sony executive had a reputation for being extremely by the books and displayed strong support of diligent investigations into all allegations against McMahon this past Last summer, Jeffrey R. Speed, another now removed board member, had also been a part of the investigation. And now former board member Joe Ellen Lyons Dillon, on the other hand, joined the board in the post-investigation era and was uninvolved in those proceedings. In a recent appearance with Busted Open, Wrestling WrestleNomics Brandon Thurston took some time to offer his perspective on the developing situation of Vince's return to the board of directors. Thurston explained that the primary aspects that gave McMahon the leverage to replace standing board members and what might be involved in the board's reaction to McMahon in the near future on what gave McMahon the influence to force out current
and board members. He said, and I quote, most importantly, WWE can't make TV rights deals without his approval. That's been made explicit. WWE can't sell the company without his approval. That has also been explicit. That's his big leverage, the TV rights deal. You can't make a deal. You can't make a TV deal without him. And that is the most important piece of their business. Their U.S. live rights uh, deal, which I would expect to be finalized in the spring based on previous negotiations. It's basically the lifeblood of their finance and why they've been able to set these records. And ironically enough, despite all the, you know, the, the, the doom and gloom from wrestling fans, the stock is up. WWE stock closed out strongly on Friday on the back of the news of Vince McMahon's return to the board of directors. WWE stock price closed at $84.27, which was up $12.23, 17% uh, overall from the Friday closing price. McMahon's return has spurred uh, obvious speculation about a possible sale, which was something his announcement and all reports have referenced as a reason for returning, and that is very likely the reason for the stock's surge, something that typically happens when sales are rumored. The stock has risen an additional 38 cents in after hours trading, and the closing price is best for the stock since it closed at $84 on May 8th, 2019 which uh, WWE then held a company-wide meeting on Friday in response to the early announcement regarding Vince McMahon resuming a role on the WWE's board of directors. The meeting was held for WWE employees rather than talent and lasted approximately 10 minutes after uh, getting pushback from the original 3.30 p.m. slot to a about 3.45 uh, p.m. start. PW Insider shared some uh, some details. WWE officially announced that Vince McMahon was back as the member of the board of directors. The company reinforced their statements that no changes to management or their responsibilities would occur currently, meaning that Paul Levesque, Stephanie McMahon, Nick Khan, Frank Ridrick III, who was present for the call, and others would continue their current positions and assignments. There was also an emphasis on the concept that the occurrence was significantly beneficial and would provide WWE everything required to maximize upcoming right revenue uh, sales, including fresh negotiations for raw. SmackDown and other brands and would allow WWE to measure the potential for a sale of the company. The concept promoted consisted of the idea McMahon's return would put WWE on a single page in order to make the most of the company's potential moving forward. Employees were told that WWE would compare potential uh, sale options prior to right negotiations in case that path promised to be more financially beneficial than an additional cycle of simply selling broadcast rights. Although there was significant emphasis that a sale may not manifest at all and no assumptions on that occurring should be made. Vince McMahon would have the final word on any negotiations as the controlling shareholder of WWE, another possible avenue for WWE's potential. Uh, possible strategic business maneuvers might be for the company to go private again and should not be the best outcome for would be the would be the best outcome for shareholders in their words sources characterized the meeting as an attempt to bolster employee morale and no employee questions were taken during the meeting that was a nice little note there additional details were also made available <laughs> by Fightful Select, and the meeting was led by Stephanie McMahon, Nick Khan, and Fred, 
Frank Ridrick. Indi indications were made that potential buyers for the company might take interest in WWE as a property instead of merely a product. And uh, possible rehires of Michelle Wilson and George Barrios were mentioned, citing them as individuals who assisted with some of the, the largest rights deals for WWE in the past. So why the fuck were they fired? Um, <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm just blown away by them trying to like blow smoke up their employees' asses after, after after the letters came out. Like the letters were revealed that you guys didn't want this. That's why, like the press release with them saying, you know, our founder is back. We're once again so strong. It just comes off so fake, so fake in my eyes. Uh. Benno, do you believe Vince is seriously looking to sell the company? And but and then a side question is: if he is serious, do you think that he has any 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 kind of plans to make sure that whoever he sells to will make sure he's still in power? Because I think I think that's the clearest thing. If he is a, the the final word on the approval of the sale, he's gonna get in writing that he stays in a position of power. Yeah, that's why I'm suspect about a sale because, you know, Vince McMahon has been had these six months to do whatever he wants and he's gotten bored and he's came back. If it was a simple sale that he was after, what's the end goal? Oh, yeah, he gets a, you know, he gets untold millions to do what with? He's probably going to die soon anyway. Like, what's he going to do? Like, he's going to sit at home again? Like, of course not. Like, I think the biggest reason that you've hit on it further that he's come back here, if a sale does happen, is that he can put himself in the middle of this and make sure, you know, if it is a sale, it's to a friendly party that are willing to, you know, allow him to stick around and have some kind of figurehead role or something like that that wouldn't be guaranteed if this happened with him on the sidelines. So, AKA not the impression. Khan family. So anyone thinking <laughs> no. the Khan family can, is going to buy this, <laughs> Vince McMahon, you, over his dead body. Yeah, exactly. You muted. Oh, sorry, I was muted. I saw some people suggesting The Rock or John Cena. Like they aren't two of the biggest Vince guys ever. Like if you are if you are delusional enough to think that The Rock or John Cena are going to buy the company and Vince is not going to make sure or approve that that sale with him in power and you don't think oh no they're not going to they're not going to do that. Like John Cena was at Vince McMahon's birthday party. Like, yep. What is wrong with y'all? Like, are y'all like just gonna forget everything? <laughs> and they're not that rich either. Like, you, no, they're rich. No. They're rich, but they're not rich enough that to combine forces and buy a, a WWE. I, I could see Dwayne like Rock being like you know like the figurehead of some say right. it's Endeavor, say it's someone else. Yeah. Like, well, he's our wrestling guy, so he's like you know <laughs> you could you can picture him, can't you, on the Raw after the sale? You know, Finally, we'll give it the we the back to the people or or something like that. I can picture that. It's so cheesy, but yes, <laughs> yeah. But it won't. That's the Rock, isn't it? It's Dwayne these days, but it won't be his money. No way. That's right. the thing. Exactly. No. I, I saw one where it was like, uh, say who, say who WWE, who will buy WWE wrong answers only. So I said, the rock buys WWE for seven bucks. That was my prediction. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, that's the right prediction. There. Also, remember uh, Vince's ego, Vince in his mind mm. made the rock. He's going to yep. sell his baby to the rock. <laughs> Come on. Come on. Bugging like the rock talks so highly of Vince, even on Young Rock. Like, what is wrong with y'all? He's 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 pushing rock and Roman on Young Rock. Like, what is up with y'all? 
Carl Gag saying someone knows where the bodies are buried. Give it a couple of weeks, they'll start to be revealed. You would, um, you would think after he got resigned that they would be exposing where the bodies are laid, but maybe they already knew that he would attempt something like this. And they they got aces up their sleeves. Mm. It's coming. And it's going to be so entertaining the next couple of months. <laughs> all the way up, the, all, like the week before WrestleMania, the darkest bomb is going to drop. Watch. Yep. We got a CF who says Vince did not like his Christmas presents from the Lefex. You can say that. You can say that no. again. Ties. Imagine, imagine that Christmas deck. You think Shane was invited? I think he was allowed to come? <laughs> like, that family, man. It's been ridiculous isn't it like i'd no. love to I'd love to just know like what the triple h and stephanie talk about at night like those conversations like god they can't be <laughs> benno is there is there uh, is there a character like shane in succession mm, he's kind of like like uh oh, what's the song called um the one who's like he's not he's not he got, he's got the same mom as the rest of them i can't remember his name but the one who's running for president he's that guy he's like you know where he's just he he's got his pie in the sky ideas like you know WWE europe and you know starting his own mma fed and disappearing to china to start businesses he's that member of the family that kind of puts <laughs> the side and just be like oh yeah carry on it's fine <laughs> Like, carry on. We can keep on going here. Uh, we yeah. got B-Poop who says, can anyone else think of when an owner uh, forced himself back into the company at the expense of highly qualified and well-paid executives he hired? I can't. Maybe mean, someone in the chat can. Yeah, maybe someone in the chat can. I mean, I've seen it on so many TV shows and seen documentaries <laughs> on it, but I can't I can't pinpoint one off the top of my head here. Uh Vince we got had the trap door, man. He had the trap door ready. Yep. He was ready for them. He was like, he was like, I got ya. All right, have a seat right there. Uh, we got Ch uh, Chase here. Thank you so much for the super chat donation. He says, Don't worry, guys. Chase Bank is here to make sure WWE Inc. gets in the right hands. Hashtag money. Yes, I mean JP Morgan, that's a huge name to be involved. So, Ben, I want to ask you, who would you like to see purchase WWE in a potential sale? Oh, like the biggest, the biggest fear that that everyone's kind of had today is everyone just assuming. Imagine Vince sells it to the Saudi government and they end up <laughs> running it, and he's but they allow him to stay on as like a puppet owner. That's probably probably worst case scenario. Um, it's weird because it's like over the years we've always thought about this as a possibility. You know, there could be a sale, and that will be the end. Finally, the end of Vince McMahon's stranglehold on WWE over the last twenty years. You know, what if Triple H takes over? We got a glimpse of that over the last six months, and it was definitely better. Wasn't you know dramatic, you know any kind of dramatic improvement, but I think Triple H did make things better. I think he but... hasn't fully gone in, into his ideas yet mm. because I think he sort of had a hit. This was coming, maybe. It's like why yeah, am I going to so drastically uh, when I need to keep the old man happy and focused and and not piss him off too much that he's like oh he does this anyways, but whatever. Yeah, and this might be it. This might be all he ever gets. He never does get that, you know, that that proper run. These six months are as oh, as good until as he's dead. At least. Yeah, yeah. Which which might be sorry to be so like, morbid. Sorry guys, sorry. <laughs> he's been off for six months. You know, it's uh, who knows. You know what happens when uh, when these workaholic rich guys uh, don't work for a while. Who knows? Fingers crossed. Um, sorry, I said that. Not a, not a. <laughs> um, but I do think like I think he's. I don't know. I I I don't think. There's no good guy in this. It's going to be some big conglomerate, some big media media rights company. It's going to be something like that. Maybe a big streaming 
service. NBCU sounds lightly, you know, Comcast, yeah. you know, as far as, you know, they're paying a lot for the rights anyway. What if we just owned it? Um, but I think any situation now ends with Vincent Mann still a puppet in charge. So I don't really know who to root for in this situation. Yeah, it, it, it's quite the interesting uh, situation overall. Uh, Bell saying WrestleMania 40, possibly coming to Disney Plus. Uh, Disney <laughs> Disney is one that I've heard fans discuss. I'm I don't know. I don't know what they're if they're looking for kind of a live sports type of thing for Disney Plus. That would be uh, pretty interesting if they did, were in the conversation for the sale. Uh, Rickety asking, do you think TK will buy it? Um, I don't think I want TK to buy it because I'm sorry. Ever since he purchased the second company, his first yeah. company hasn't always been the, the greatest as it was pre him buying the second company. So him buying a third company, an even bigger third company than both of his other promotions. Yeah, I'm sorry. I, I like my AEW too much to, to make mm -hmm. it uh, suffer anymore by him having his, uh, you know, attention somewhere else, especially if somewhere else that's even bigger and he's gonna have to dedicate more to that this guy is already mm -hmm. spreading himself too thin already welcome to aewwe yeah. -E dynamite <laughs> <laughs> absolutely he's gonna he's gonna rename raw to nitro um <laughs> <laughs> Drugs, the lady say, what's good, True Hill? Celebrating my 44th birthday with this show and whiskey. Enjoy. Happy birthday to you. Not Hope you're enjoying. Yes, yes. We got some Capricorns in the chat early today. Uh, Frantic World saying, now some people are saying that AEW is the best wrestling show on TV. They're going to watch it again, SV3. <laughs> <laughs> I, the, the, the fans reaction just like the doom and gloom like this is a horrible day and i'm just like i mean honestly this, this is kind of fun for me like i even put the post yesterday i was like okay i'm gonna put this out here i'm gonna make this clear i want everything in wrestling to be good products i want wwe to be good i want to enjoy watching it i want to enjoy watching aew i want to enjoy watching impact i want to enjoy watching new japan i want to enjoy watching gcw stardom any other promotion that i watch from time to time but i'm a content creator I'm 100% for this man coming back. Do you know? You, 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 no, have but, you seen all the content that has come out from content yeah. creators? Go yeah. on. But, but here's my problem. Here's my problem. I was having such a nice week. You know, I, th I thought Raw was a decent show. And then we have, um, you know, Wrestle Kingdom, and that should be the lead this week. Wrestle yeah. Kingdom should be the lead. And Dynamite was great. Dynamite's having a, a little mini pay per view next week. That should all, we should be. And then this shit happens. And it just grandstands everything else. SP3 is like, Romeo, we need a new thumbnail. And Vince has to be all over it. <laughs> <laughs> it's oh, it's like, like, it just grandstands it. I gave I gave him the news when the when the news story first came out that Vince was gonna attempt to go for him, forcing himself back. I was like, yeah, you put this one, put this one, and then I when it got official, I was like, okay, half the thumbnail has to be Vince. Like, <laughs> he has to be Vince. It has to be Vince at this point. I feel like I've had Vince on thumbnails for True Hill He for <laughs> for the past six months. It seems he like. ruins the week. He ruins the week. Yeah, we're in the same boat with Grapple. We were going to, on Monday, our idea was, oh, we haven't talked with AEW, you know, we've had a lot of year-end content. Can't wait to get yeah. back in the saddle and spend three <laughs> hours talking about how great AEW's been. They're going to get 20 minutes. Like, <laughs> <it's> <laughs> <freaking>. <laughs> yeah. 
And that's what Vince wants, isn't it? He wants to be the, the center of this news cycle uh, in this way. He wants us all talking about this, by the way, rather than the allegations that are out there against him, the palace intrigue. Um, Thank you. Not, all, a, isn't it? For, not a lot yeah. of people have talked about the allegations this week because of that. No, no, that's it. And it's, it's just, coming. yeah, that's Vince. Yeah, let's wait. Wall Street Journal. It's, it's over to the, Wall, the Wall Street Journal's got, they've already, they're drafting it right now. Yeah. It's waiting to <laughs> They're already drafting the next the next round for this for sure. Mm. But final question to you guys to kind of put a bow on this so we can talk about all the other things Romeo wanted to talk about. Uh, <laughs> I'll start with you, Romeo. What are the odds uh, are you putting on Visic Man causing more harm than good in WWE over the next 12 months? <laughs> um, that's like. 85 90%. How can how can anyone have faith uh that he's not going to? It's like, you know, once the kid once the kid gets his hand in the cookie jar and gets the cookie and you don't you don't tap his hand like you can't do that. They're going to keep doing it. They're going to keep doing it. Vince is just going to keep go pushing for more, pushing for more. He's going to see how far he could go and he can go as far as he wants. He's the damn freaking owner of everything. Yeah. He's so, got at least 20 years of evidence of Vince yeah. making things worse when it comes to WWE, and that's that's just on screen. Um, yeah, I, I, th I think you know that the probably he's still gonna, as the famous CM Punk quote said, you know, he's still gonna make money despite himself, but it's not gonna be the product's not gonna be as good, whatever deal they strike won't be as good. But Vince McMahon will be at the center of it, and he'll be on that, he'll be on that throne. So that's all yeah. that matters to Vince. Whatever sell he's trying to do, whoever he's negotiating with, they'll be like. Hey, why don't you uh, why don't you stop by Raw and check out the show and and we'll mm. we'll we'll talk there and then they're talking there and then he's he's in the building for Raw and he's like, uh, so uh, Paul, let me see that let me see that rundown. What do you got there? What do you, what, what's on tonight's show? And then he sees <laughs> it, and he just tears the shit up. Yeah, he just he just tears it up <laughs> and then Paul's looking for it like an hour later. He's like, where's the rundown sheet? Where's the rundown sheet? He was like, it was like, when was the last time you saw it? Oh, like I, you know, Vince wanted to see. Oh, damn it, Jonah. <laughs> <laughs> Jonah Rock walks in. He's like, "Who the fuck is that guy?" He's gone. <laughs> Where the fuck is Lacey Evans's name? I don't see her anywhere. <laughs> he was like, "He was like, we're still doing Lacey Evans vignettes." I thought I ended that. She was she was getting over as a heel. You messed it up. Why is Liv Morgan not the champion? What are we doing here? <laughs> More Roman on the show. Come on, uh, man. It's gonna this is gonna be great over like next couple of months. I am here for it. 100%. I don't care what anybody says. 100% on board for the Visic Man return because we get top news stories like this. This is the juicy stuff the fans are looking for. <laughs> Especially after 2022, where there was a big news story like every week. That's the real reason to watch. <laughs> Absolutely. Buckle your seatbelts. It's going to be a wild ride 2023, but let's get into what we missed from this past week. So let's get into the big show from this week. And no, it's not Vince. We'll, we'll get that. Sh that movie is going to come out. The show that everybody was talking about this week before this vid story uh, busted out was, of course, NJPW Wrestle Kingdom 17 in what was possibly the best NJPW show since the pandemic. Uh, fans witnessed, in my opinion, one of the single greatest Tokyo Dome matches of all time when Kenny Omega defeated Will Ospreay to win the IWG. 
IWGP United States Heavyweight Championship in an absolute bona fide instant classic with great moments after great moments. The DDT on the turnbuckle. Here's Kenny through the table. Uh, the, the finishing sequence. Man, oh man, this match had it all. It was then followed, unfortunately, for them um, by Kazuka Okada beating oh, Switchblade Jay White in what I thought was a great main event to win the IWGP World Heavyweight Championship. Hiromo Takahashi became a five-time IWGP Junior Heavyweight Champion by defeating Master Wado, Taiji Shimori, and El Desperado in a super fun Fatal 4-Way match. You had Tama Tonga beat Machine Gun Carl Anderson to win the Never Openweight title with the very worst Gun Stun RKO, Diamond Cutter, <laughs> whatever you want to call it. It was the worst ever. Uh, Zack Sabre Jr. defeated Ren Narita in a brilliant technical wrestling clinic to become the first ever NJPW World Television Champion. And then post-match, ZSJ became the frontman of TMDK. We also had Bishamon beating FTR to win the IWGP Heavyweight Tag Team Championships in a very good matchup as well. Kyrie defeated Tom Nagano to retain the IWGP Women's Championship. And then, of course, the post-match with the worst-kept secret in wrestling became true as Sasha Banks made her NJPW debut as the CEO, Mercedes Monet, and challenged Kyrie for the title at Battle. Battle in the Valley in San Jose, California on February 18th. So much newsworthy, noteworthy stuff from this show. Omega, Osprey, Benno, what's your thoughts on what was, like I said, I thought it was the best NJPW show since Wrestle Kingdom of 2020 before the pandemic started. Yeah, I felt like wrestle kingdoms of old it was like even you know i know it's a crazy time for you guys to stay up and watch the, you know a big new japan show yes. but in the uk it's an early morning and it's just so it was so fun getting up on the early morning and twitter was alive you know it felt like there were more people engaged with it obviously the crowd wasn't fully back to what it was before but it was something similar to it and we got a main event that was you could place in you know that canon of all-time great wrestling main events like i don't want to say it was a a one match show because you've listed off all the other matches there that were were very good too but the one abiding memory of the show is going to be that you know that semi main event um, um omega and osprey because that was for my money it was a five star match like on the on the grapple app it's trending as the greatest match of all time right now um, <laughs> i imagine that will calm down um but right now you know the the average is something between 4.8 and 4.9 stars that just shows how high wow. everybody is rating it you know some russian judges out there well, yeah, Meltzer went six point two five. So uh, <laughs> there is You're that. You're gonna have to break the scale because you know anything I, less than five, I want to fight you. I want to fight you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, that's that's true. Like I, I one hundred percent. This was one of the rare times. I totally understood mm. what Dave Meltzer was saying. Like when he like mm. went on the on the podcast right after the match, he was like, he was like. I, I would, I, he was like, how dare anyone say this is a five-star match? He was like, they, this has to be greater than a five-star <laughs> match. He was, like, he was like, all the, I was like, I was like, yeah, because all the five-star match, I gave 15 matches in 2022, five stars. It was better than all of them. So I can't, like, I literally, it, Meltzer has broke his own star rating 39 times. I once broke you, my once star you broke it, rating, there's no going back. Yeah, once you <laughs> broke it, there's no going back. But I broke my star rating once. 
before Wrestle Kingdom 17. And that was Okada Omega 4 from Dominion 2018. And five years later, I broke it a second time because I gave this match six stars. This deserves wow. the six star rating. But my question to both of you, what's better? Okada Omega 1 from Wrestle Kingdom 11 or o Osprey Omega from Wrestle Kingdom 17? If you ask me what I'm more likely to rewatch, it's probably this. Uh, maybe that's something to do with length, and this felt more digestible. That's the thing about this match; like it was, there was no fat on it. Like it, it felt, you know, it, maybe people were expecting a couple more near falls at the end. No, the story they told was perfect the way it was. But then they can probably go up there and have a better match. So what are you going to do? SP3, it's going to be you're going to break the scale again. Like can that's you what I've been saying. Better match than it? I can. That's yeah. what I would say. And similar to um, Okada and Omega, it I can only get better. It really can. Mm. I think I think the best is yet to come. I think it could be this year, which is why I'm saying, you know, slow down on the match of the year. Then nobody's going to beat that. They could beat that. Yeah. They could wrestle again this year. Um, yeah. I, was, I, I, think, was, I think also a, the stage has a lot to it. So I, I, mm. I don't know if AEW can create a stage like the Tokyo Dome. For it to to hit the 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 AEW has a AEW yeah right but but um AEW has all out which is you know looked at as their biggest pay per view so I I could see it being there or um or New Japan could get it again somewhere Dominion you know maybe I don't know um, just something was... special about Kenny and at a Wrestle Kingdom though at a Tokyo Dome he's just got that yes. extra he goes from a five star wrestler to a six star wrestler there's just that extra shine and there's less bullshit and comedy and he's just there's something about the way he's presented and something about the way he carries himself. Um, but again, I wouldn't put it past them because you had a second match. They could use all this history, could use the story they told here and, and you know, elaborate on it further. It's crazy to think of the possibilities. I'm going to say something positive about Chicago. Imagine this Imagine this match in front of a Chicago crowd. Mm, true. I'd agree. It, it would mm. be. It would be something crazy. I think this is the only thing if they wanted to run it back at Grand Slam. This is the only thing that could compete with Omega uh. and Danielson. New York would never crowd. get that. New York would never. Tony uh, of Collins course, like of us course. that much. Exactly. He loves Chicago. <laughs> He's Chicago that would get it. But I, I do agree with Benno. Like uh, Kenny in the Tokyo Dome just has this uh, like legacy to it now because you have the uh, Wrestle Kingdom 11 match with Okada. Then you had Wrestle Kingdom 12, Alpha versus Omega. Then you had Wrestle Kingdom mm. 13 with him and Tadahashi. And then you got this match. Those four matches could be argued as the best four matches to ever take place in the Tokyo Dome. And I would definitely argue it's the four most important matches to New Japan because the mm. surge of U.S. fans that came to New Japan, you can pinpoint Wrestle Kingdom 11 or you could pinpoint Wrestle Kingdom 12 for Alpha and Omega. It just brought so many American Western fans to the New, to the new Japan product. Then I felt like that Tadahashi match was the better of all, was uh, on the par with Okada and was better than the Jericho match. And then this match here, once again, with what, what uh, New Japan, you know, result, we'll talk about, you know, some notes coming out of Wrestle Kingdom with the success of this show this has to be viewed as one of the main drawing cards for the show so my question for you Benno because I know you watch a lot of New Japan I know you do the star ratings with, with Gravel App who would you call Mr. Wrestle Kingdom because for years that moniker has belonged to Hiroshi Tadahashi 
But now you got, mm. you know, Okada, who's made evented all these Wrestle Kingdoms, ended on top so many different times. And then you have Omega with just four matches that could compete with either man's resume at that show. So who would you call Mr. Wrestle Kingdom? I think from our point of view, like the, the Western fan looking in, it's probably Omega at this point, especially if we get, let's say we get one more of these matches, you know, that could maybe rival Tanahashi's record there. I think New Japan see it as Okada, 100%, you know, with the way the show ended and it was the only way it could end, wasn't it, with uh, with him doing the uh, the Inoki at the, uh, the end of the show. But yeah, for me, it's Omega. You can't, you know, he's had, you know, I know Okada was part of them as well, but, you know, the greatest matches you said there in Wrestle Kingdom history and Tokyo Dream history, it's wrestling history at this point, isn't it? You know, what matches are as are as good as these? Maybe Will Ospreay is in, in, in with the showers. Like, he shouldn't get lost in the conversation. He was a, a massive part of, you know, what made this this match great. This was the, the best Will Ospreay you'll see, selling from underneath, you know, bleeding underdog, almost babyface. Will Ospreay, you know, he had, you know, the Okada match last year, and he's got, you know, I pres pr presume lots more years to go. Like, there is that elite class, isn't there, of, of top Wrestle Kingdom guys, and he's pushing his way into it as well. So, yeah, I think right now it's probably, probably Omega, but I think, you know, the Japanese crowd would maybe disagree with that. I'd say yeah. Okada, and I think and Okada's, Okada's still just 35 years old which is, you know, That's in it. wrestling age, he's got like, what, at least five to six more years on top at his level right now mm. doing more of that, at least. And mm. his career is like, always been about Wrestle Kingdom. He came back, True. you know, to New Japan at Wrestle Kingdom, what was it? I think it was uh, six or seven, and then you mm -hmm. know, made the challenge for Tadahashi, started that year-long build to the following Wrestle Kingdom, where they met for the third time, and like, in that whole rivalry, being a part of the Wrestle Kingdom lore, and really that was, that was like my first introduction was Wrestle Kingdom 9 with them facing again at the Tokyo Dome in the main event, and then following up again at Wrestle Kingdom 10 and so, like I said, all three guys have very strong arguments, but I also agree with Benno. We can't, like, undermine what Will Ospreay did in this match. This was, like, peak Will. Like, he, uh, for anyone who says Will Ospreay is a flippy wrestler or just a high flyer, you have not been watching since 2019. This guy, since Kenny Omega left new japan for uh you know aew he has so smoothly filled the slot of the british best bout machine and it's been ridiculous the amount of classics he's had in this past four year span yeah, i wonder it. if yeah i wonder mm -hmm. if it's lining up for him to to take center stage like next russell kingdom with the stories there uh i wonder mm -hmm. if new japan will go through it through with it yeah that's what it seems like. Because that was the story of this match was almost Omega turned out to be right. You know, Omega saying that, you know, Osprey couldn't, you know, carry his water and Osprey was like a, a pale imitation. I mean, the match itself showed that, you know, there's only two wrestlers you can pull off a match like this, I'd say. You can, you've got that athleticism and got that next gear that most wrestlers don't have. But the story they told within it was that, yeah, Osprey kind of got found out a little bit. He was so good in that role, you know, as far as selling, as far as yeah. putting Omega over. But, they're gonna have to tell that story now, where Osprey makes that big comeback, and yeah. I didn't expect eventually gets the win back. Um, I was, but that's been I, great too. I was surprised how brutal this match was, physically oh, so brutal. Bad. Which, mm. it, and I was like, well, they had all that hype. I, I guess they had to go that way. That, they delivered on the hype. Yeah, they yeah, went. I, they kind of went an interesting direction, I thought, because it was like you could have just relied on it being a pure sports build. Yeah. 
dream match, which is probably what most of us expected, but then ramping it up with the press conference and everything leading in and making it more personal. I do think that's part of what took it over, that five-star range that made it. It's the yeah. brutality, like you say, the stiffness of it, the hard yeah. nature of it that, uh, that made it. And they really built the story around it all starting from Wrestle Kingdom 13 when Kenny left and that same show that's when Will uh, concusses Kota Ibushi and then the Kamigoye at the end like all that stuff and then the Styles Clash by Will Ospreay how Styles is like the idol of both Will and Kenny like just all that stuff made this just a special thing to watch and it's something that I'm never gonna forget and it's something that I'll probably watch a few more times throughout 2023. <laughs> Whenever I'm going to feel that there's a match of the year contender, I'll probably watch this right after and mm. be like, okay, it's just below this. That's about it. <laughs> so, uh, so you're going to watch this again uh, next next Thursday, next Thursday morning? Because what, yes. what if I told you this is only the match of the year for one week? What if I told you that? <laughs> I, I mean, with, blurred, with blurred vision, the fact that Kenny Omega is going to be in a ladder <laughs> match. On Wednesday is oh. it blew my it blew my mind that they competed on New Year's Dash both of them. I was like I was like why did these guys not just take the night off after that? Like yeah. oh it's dedication, beautiful yeah, we stuff. Had to get that moment though. And and to and to say with uh with with Benno, you were saying like how Kenny is a lot more serious when he's like in New Japan in the Tokyo Dome. I feel like Kenny Omega is like the Jack Nicholson of wrestling, where he can play the villain so so well, play this murderous victim, a murderous uh you know villain. But still, at the same time, crack me the hell up. The, 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 here's Kenny, him bashing <laughs> Osprey's head into the broken table, looking like a murder scene, then bringing him mm. back into the ring, and he picks him up, and he says, Backbreaker! This is like, like, a, like a freaking Street Fighter character! <laughs> Backbreaker! Oh, oh like, and, I would, <laughs> good. and I would be remiss if... um. As a, as a huge Final Fantasy fan, that entrance was yes. awesome. Mm. Awesome. And then Will bring him back elevated was just like, I was like, oh, this oh. is superstar level because it was like that elevated song was just like, okay, now we're confirmed. Will is the baby face here. Will the, the mm. return of the assassin with elevated. This is the, the Will that everybody loved. And I think like coming out of it, I didn't even say like Kenny was better than Will. It was really, they really told the story how... They're so evenly matched, and maybe Osprey is better than Omega, but Omega is smarter. He's mentally mm. better than Osprey. Yeah. That was the key in this match. Yeah, that's it. And Osprey will be back. That's the thing. That's the that's the beauty of this story. And like the that's the I think Osprey is like he's a great heel wrestler too, and we've enjoyed. He's had some you know all time matches over the last couple of years but he does feel a little bit try hard when he's in that bad guy role like this is the will i want to see going forward hopefully we get more of it Hi. <laughs> <laughs> oh we also got uh don callis was amazing on commentary he cracked me up as well just the one line when i think it was uh kevin talking about how kenny passed the ball to will and then don interrupts him and says and he dropped it and he dropped it and then kevin and chris <laughs> kevin and chris are like no he did and then Don responds with the fans, they wouldn't cheer him. And then Chris and Kevin both say it was a pandemic. That's <laughs> 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 some good trolling, man. That was so yo, he was so good. good trolling. 
in that promo he did at the press conference. I don't think a lot of people talked about it enough. That was because Osprey overshadowed it, but yeah, it, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. That that promo as well was tremendous too. Uh, MCAS said I was thinking Takeshita versus Danielson going to be a uh, five star. I mean, if you're just talking about in ring work. That man, the Wednesday show, we'll, we'll talk about it when we talk about dynamite. It's gonna be huge on Wednesday, but look, we gotta also talk about the other big news story from Wrestle Kingdom. And I want to hear Battle Stars because he caused a little bit of a ruckus. Uh, <laughs> Mercedes Monet debuting in New Japan Pro Wrestling did not go off 100% positive to fans. It was very a polarizing viewpoint. You know, you had people like me just happy that she's there and I pretty much got what yeah. I expected outside of the botched uh move the 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 gory bomb into the DDT, which it wasn't on Mercedes honestly. It was on Kyrie. I've watched it many a times. Kyrie just drops down to her knees instead of landing on her feet when Mercedes spins her like it's supposed to be executed. I don't know if she was prepared to take the move or not, but yeah, it, it did not go off well. The promo, a lot of people did not like. Her reaction was not that big. It is New Japan, in my opinion. I, I, I thought they did do the, oh, when her face came on the screen, but they didn't give her the big reaction. Benno, you were very critical of this debut. Give us your Uh-oh. thoughts. Uh-oh. Yeah, the scared of the year that the crew might come for me. I was called all kinds of names this week, FB3. Somebody said I had a, a head shaped like a loaf of bread. I don't know what that means. Wow. But, but a lot of... Um, Beans on I, saw you, I saw you change your picture on social media. <laughs> I'm a big loaf of bread now. Um, I mean, yeah, I was getting our typical British say they come again. It's like I was getting treated like I was Louis Dango, like unbelievable. <laughs> um, but like, well, it was the it, Sasha stands coming after you. Oh yeah. yeah, they found me and they found me yeah. big time. Oh, uh, those quote tweets. And the funny thing is, I. I'm a fan of Sasha Banks. Like as far as my podcast goes, absolutely the high man on Sasha Banks. Like I think this is a great news story. I think it's good for New Japan if she is going to AEW. It's big for AEW. Great for Sasha too. You know, betting on a on herself, not accepting a you know a, a low ball offer from WWE. Like I'll, with the po- I could start with the positive because the positive is as you said SP3 and as you've shown the you know the pictures there. Like she looked incredible coming out. Looked like a star. Felt like a star. There was that initial, you know, uh, great reaction to the uh, to the reveal of her. If you just go by the stills and you go by the photos, and we use all of that going forward, it's a great big memorable moment. But I think with the you know with the botch move, it doesn't even necessarily matter whether it's her fault or not. Is it the fact that she was, you know, maybe maybe lesson don't do a move like that in heels. Maybe that's part of it. But even if it's not her fault, it's a timing issue. These things happen in wrestling. It. Did you know make the you know the whole moment a bit anticlimactic? You know, having to lie there and you know Sasha's cutting cutting that promo for you know ten minutes and you know having <laughs> to sell a move that's you know that that <laughs> didn't 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 land is not something you would wish on anybody, especially in such a big moment. So that was you know not great after a time. tiny little five minute match. Yeah, very, exactly. Very, very that too, that was my biggest promo. nitpick. That was my biggest yeah. nitpick from the show. Is that it was like like. I didn't understand. Like they had why ten minutes. Yeah, they had this amount, a lot of the amount of time for the match and the segments, and it was like, no, you're not getting any more. So they spent more of the time on the segments, and the promo was just very, very WWE for me. Very awkward. Felt very forced. It just wasn't great delivery, really, and it was too silence. And I know it, it is Japan, and I know this wasn't the loudest New Japan crowd, but people used to say that off the books as well, and they get 
some quiet responses sometimes. Just, you know, it's Japan. Sometimes, you know, Japanese fans don't react loudest to, to foreign wrestlers. There's a lot of people in there. You know, do we forget WWE hasn't been on TV in Japan for about three years? You know, there were probably a lot of people there who didn't know who she was, and it was just it was that combination of three things: the botch, the promo, the weird reaction, all of that just made it awkward. Is it going to affect the draw and power long term? No, you know we're going to want to get a great match out of it. We're hopefully going to get a great run out of it. It just wasn't a great start, but yeah, the crew came for me anyway, and I'm sure I'm going to get more. Based <laughs> <on>. <laughs> no, you explained that very, very well. So I understand where you're coming from, and I, I think I said it on the yesterday's review is that it was undeniably flat. Like we can't mm. say that it was like, oh my god, it was perfect. No, and I and my mm. one nitpick, you know me, Romeo. I like to just adjust things a little bit. It's usually with WWE, but with New Japan, the only thing I would have adjusted is that this was the worst kept secret in wrestling. So to get the bigger reaction, and if you only had six minutes, why not do this? Have Mercedes wrestle at Wrestle Kingdom. Have her come out at the beginning of the matchup and make it a three way. Because that turns that turns people's expectations. Because everybody and their mama were just a lot. There were some people who are Western fans who were the crew fans that just were like, okay, let's get this match over with. I want to see Mercedes. So <laughs> if they would have turned expectations by having her come out at the beginning and saying this is a three-way, I think that it would have got a bigger reaction. There's just two issues with that. One. Uh, you don't want to have Mercedes lose her first match. And two, you want to have Kyrie have at least one successful title defense. So one of those you would have to sacrifice. Which one do you want to sacrifice? I mean, Kyrie's probably going to lose at Valley of the... What's it called? Something at the Valley? Battle in the Valley. Yeah. Battle in the Valley. Yeah. yeah probably going to lose there anyways. But, you know, give Kyrie one a successful defense? I don't know. Come, come on, New mm -hmm. Japan. You could. You, I know you went through to say, oh, her first defense at Wrestle Kingdom makes it all good. You could have just done this defense, and you could have had her get one defense at uh, Dream Queendom since it happened a week before this. You could have had that that match with her and Yatami Hayashita be for the IWGP mm -hmm. Women's Championship to get her that one defense, and then she could have. You could have done the three way here. It's so or how about Sasha challenge her after and, and pull a Charlotte? <laughs> yes, they right here, right now. Absolutely. Uh, talking mm -hmm. about some of the business coming out of Wrestle Kingdom, New Japan Pro Wrestling has announced that they hit record viewership numbers for Wrestle Kingdom 17 this past Wednesday, in addition to the live attendance of 26,085 in the Tokyo Dome. There were 92,409 unique viewers on New Japan World, making it the most watched, most viewed uh, NJP event of all time and Wrestle Kingdom event of all time. Uh, some more follow-up with the business and notes. Wrestling Observer Newsletter reports that NJPW Wrestle Kingdom hit a new record on uh, in Google search entrance thanks to Kenny Omega and Mercedes Monet. Uh, the uh, show was the 11th most searched topic on Wednesday. This is the first time that a Japanese event has ever hit the top 20 for a day. Not only that, wrestling itself only gets in the top 20 for WWE or AEW pay-per-views, as well as major news stories like a death or Vince McMahon's resignation. Last year, John Cena's return to WWE on the December 30th edition of SmackDown, while providing a huge number for the ratings for SmackDown, did not even hit the top 20 for google searches that day so 
it, it tends to, you know, put a lot of people are going to put the credit for the big numbers on these two. You know, it, it helps their their drawing power moving forward and then to further, you know, bolster their drawing power. The Wrestling Observer Newsletter also reported that there was a surge in ticket prices for NJPW Battle in the Valley following the announcement of Mercedes Monet uh, versus Kyrie. The match was made at Wrestle Kingdom 17 after Mercedes made her debut and attacked the IWGP Women's Champion. Prior to the announcement, tickets were already ahead of the last show at San Jose Civic, which was around 1,500. After the announcement, an extra 400 tickets were sold instantly. There are currently... Uh, 1,885 tickets out of 2,152 sold. The event will more than likely sell out. And following her NJPW debut, WWE.com has now listed the former Sasha Banks, aka Mercedes Monet, uh, to the alumni section of the company's website. Meanwhile, Naomi is listed on the regular roster at the moment, and it should also be no noted that Naomi and Bailey, WWE superstars, were backstage at Wrestle Kingdom in support of Mercedes debut. So, you know, you, you had the criticism on how the debut went, but it's undeniable that she did make an impact with this worst kept secret, uh, <laughs> uh, did make an impact as far as drawing numbers for Wrestle Kingdom and then with the announcement for Battle in the Valley. What did you say, Benno? Yeah, definitely. I think that's the, you know, there's there's clear money here uh, with Mercedes Monet, you know, and a lot of it is probably going to be stateside. You talk about those increased numbers for, for New Japan World. Uh, there's probably a lot of people like like us or going, what was, what was my password again? Like, how do I log into New Japan World? How does this website work? There's a lot of us coming back. And I think we're the people coming back for, for Omega, you know, Osprey. But I think there were probably a lot of brand new people who were there who probably tuned out after Mercedes uh, Monas' uh, debut and logged onto Twitter to call me a bitter bean it and bitch. But you know those uh, those people aside, I think you can probably compartmentalize those lot. They probably tuned out of this podcast too after the negative things you guys had to say. <laughs> listen, I like listen if you're still here, if you're still listening, I liked I liked Mercedes Monet. I like the uh, mostly everything about it except for the botch. You know, the botch was okay. And you know what? I even like I even like her song. How about that? I, I love the song. It's, like, it's, it? it's yeah, it's crisscross <laughs> jump. Like, how can you not like that song? Come on, Great man. Song. That's the nineties. She bringing back the the nineties with the manai. Manai. I like that part. I like that part. It's all people complaining about that part. I loved it. No, not I dig no. it. I, but, I do. I do dig it. When was the last time you heard people being this positive about New Japan, though? You know, like, it's like us guys kind of forced to cover it over the last couple of years. It's, <laughs> it's, been, it's been a grind in parts. But, like, right now it feels like, you know, they're capitalizing on that positivity. You know, there's good cards coming up. There's things to be excited about. Like, they've, you know, it's a great time for New Japan right now. Let's hope they, they keep capitalizing on it. Yeah, just keep building on this. Make a big, you know, big matches. It seemed like they set up a, a, a bunch of big matches for like New Beginning. Uh, we got the card mm -hmm. for Wrestle Kingdom 17 in Yokohama later this month as well, which we will discuss. Uh, but yeah, they got some real momentum at this point. And talking about that, of course, a lot of that momentum has to do with Osprey and Omega. Following his epic encounter with Will Ospreay, there was an update provided on Kenny Omega's condition following that bout. Dave Meltzer wrote on 
on Twitter that Omega and Okada were both good after their matches. Omega's uh, eye was swelling shut from the cheeky Nando's kick, and his face had a footprint on it, but no orbital break or anything serious, at least as far as everyone thought late last night. And I saw that cheeky Nando's kick. I was like, you could tell it hurt him because he got that last kick and he immediately started holding his face. I was like, oh my God, he clearly, he, he really shot on him right there. He really kicked him right in the freaking face. Uh, the newly crowned IWGP US heavyweight champion, Kenny Omega, has said that he has forgiven his rival and Wrestle Kingdom 17 opponent, Will Ospreay. In a post on Twitter, Omega wrote that he respects Ospreay's passion and gave him his forgiveness. He wrote exactly, yesterday at NJWK17, uh, we desperately raced towards the same goal and were willing to break our bodies for it. That kind of passion I can respect. I forgive you. On Friday, the wrestling, the wrestling Observer newsletter, besides rating this matchup of Osprey and Omega, its second highest star rating that Dave Meltzer has ever given, 6.25 stars, tying Kenny Omega versus Kazuko Okada 2 from Dominion 2017, and just below Okada versus Omega 4 from Dominion uh, 2018. He did provide some details on the original plans for the feud between the two men. The original idea was for the two to have a series of matches with a story that Osprey was the better athlete, but Omega was better mentally. While Osprey might one day beat Omega, the uh, the the latter said that their time wasn't now. After the match was over, Omega even alluded to this by saying that 364 days of the year, Osprey was the better wrestler. They did a lot of big moves, but still allegedly held back as this is meant to be match one. It's unknown when the second match might be. It was noted that even though Omega isn't an AEW wrestler, the company did not mention his match with Osprey leading up to Wrestle Kingdom or even hours later on Dynamite. Uh, a two-part question for you guys. Uh, Benno, do you think it was a mistake for Dynamite to do like no mention of this matchup that uh, Brian Alvarez, who was there in Seattle for Dynamite, even said that everyone backstage was talking about it. So even like a slight mention, because they did the slight mention that FTR lost the IWGP tag team titles, but no mention of mm -hmm. Osprey Omega. Do you think that was a mistake? I think so. They do this a lot sometimes. Uh, AEW, I think. You know, what's the point in having you guys do do stuff? What's the point in sending guys to like the Super Juniors or you know even Tag League and then not really referencing what's happening there? What's your benefit? You know, if you're not going to show that footage and show, you know, your guy being the the talk of wrestling this week, like Dynamite was incredible regardless. And maybe for two hours we forgot about Wrestle Kingdom. So that's the argument against. But yeah, I think that's an easy win to be honest. They don't want you to spend your 9.99 yen. They want you to save that for revolution. Save it. <laughs> save it for the $50 revolution card. Yeah. Absolutely. And I'll put you on the spot, Romeo. Call it right here. Osprey Omega 2 happens when? Forbidden door. That's my call too. Chicago, Forbidden Door, United Center, sell that bitch out with Osprey Omega too. Uh, Nick Jackson saying, "Man, those two really beat the dog shit out of each other, one another." Absolutely did. ALW says, oh, Osprey versus Omega is probably the best match I have ever seen. No hyperbole. It was simply amazing. Uh, Negro Bucks says, Dynamite definitely should have at least mentioned the match. I totally agree there as well. But it wasn't the end for New Japan because if you're real, if you if you in the gym shooting with New Japan, 
You also watch the Raw after WrestleMania for New Japan, which is always New Year's Dash, which follows Wrestle Kingdom every single year. And in this one, in my opinion, was the best one since 2018. Back in 2018, that was the card that had uh, Jay White turning on Kenny Omega when he invited him into the Bullet Club, starting the whole Bullet Club Civil War with Kenny and and, Co and uh, Cody, and then also had Chris Jericho setting up his rivalry with Naito. It felt exciting. This one had that same energy to it. And in the biggest shock of the mystery card that they had for the first time ever, IWGP World Heavyweight Champion Kajuka Okada teamed with one of, if not his greatest rival, the new IWGP United States Heavyweight Champion Kenny Omega to defeat the United Empire's Aaron Hanare and Jeff Cobb. Post-match Cobb did challenge Omega for the title, so we should be seeing that as Omega's first defense of his uh, second reign of the United States Championship. Uh, meanwhile, Shingo Takagi beat Sho, Toriano, and and Great Okan to win the KOPW 2023 Provisional Title Belt. Following the WK17 main event, Shingo did challenge Okada for his title, but and then he did it again at the Dash, but this time Okada made reference to the fact that he's the one that came up with the idea for the King of Pro Wrestling and made a challenge for Shingo's belt as well. So it seems like they're setting up champion versus champion, maybe new beginning coming up at the end of the month. There were several bigger notes when it concerns factions and alliances like Minoru Suzuki and El Desperado trying to recruit Ren Narita to a new stable now that Suzuki Goon is dead. Remaining The remaining Suzuki Goon members became my favorite stable name of all time. I don't care what y'all say, Benno and Romeo, just four guys i'm here for it and that i'm getting my just four guys shirt and i'm rocking it uh and a young lion joined a group for the very first time in new japan when zack saber jr made a cult Konsei Fujita, a new member of Team DMDK after becoming the front man at Wrestle Kingdom 17. They now have their roadie in the Young Lion. Tamatanga, Hiroshi Tadahashi, Master Wado, and Hikaleo beat the Bullet Club by disqualification when El Fantasmo blasted Tama with his never title. Post-match, though, the more important thing to this match was Jay White brutalizing Hikaleo with the steel chair after his post-match interview where he blamed Hikaleo for losing at Wrestle Kingdom because he turned on the Bullet Club, and Jay White made a very interesting challenge for Hikaleo to a loser leaves Japan match. Uh, and just to to coincide with that, the one one of the notes that I have for New Year's Dash is according to Fightful Select, and then later confirmed by the Wrestling Observer Newsletter, WWE has interest in Hikaleo. That might be why the stipulation was made seemingly out of nowhere. So, Benno, what do you think about this interesting stipulation? Jay White making the challenge for a loser leaves Japan match with Hikaleo. Yeah, I thought we were in for is Jay White gonna leave New Japan season once again? And spoiler, I, I, I think it. that'd be good. <laughs> I think that'd be Dude, a good thing. Like, I, I put it. it on the True Hill Heat Twitter page and my Twitter page. If there's one guy in any mm. promotion outside of WWE that I can instantly see coming to WWE and getting properly pushed and becoming a main eventer, is Switchblade Jay White. Like he has all the skills to be a WWE main eventer. 
Taylor made. Like even even with Vince McMahon in charge, like I, I I'd buy that if I was Jay White. I'd give it a try. He was so good at Impact, wasn't he? And it, it suited. Yeah. You know, it was Impact, so nobody saw it, but it suited his strengths. <laughs> and the thing is, his New Japan run's been incredible. But what else is he going to do? He's always going to be the guy who loses to the guy at Wrestle Kingdom, as he was with with Okada. And that's a great role. I'm not doing that down. I just think. He's hit his head on the ceiling at some point as far as New Japan goes. But that's probably, like you say, that's probably not the story. We're all scrubbing our, our notes with the uh, the Hikaleu news coming out. And of course, WWE would be interested in Hikaleu because for all the things you can j- say about Jay White, what Hikaleu has got is that he's tall. So, you know, there you go. That That's it. Um, that's literally the whole draw. He's tall, um, and that's why WWE probably want him. Um, <laughs> and they probably saw him. Triple H saw him for the first time against Carl Anderson. Was like that guy. Like that's it. That's all. That's all. All this is. <laughs> well, he's like Roman's third cousin. You're in the bloodline now. You know. <laughs> yeah. Extra and, heater and, in the background. Yeah. And when you look at the people that Triple H has hired back into this company, like. Nicolaio kind of fits in with guys that they have hired back. The top dollars of the world, the Dexter Lovises of the world, like Triple H. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I, I've been saying it for weeks and I feel like I'm in an echo chamber because not too many people are saying it with me. He has taken an L when it comes to these signees that he's brought back. Bad to. taste. He's really got bad taste. He's got bad taste mm-hmm. in wrestlers, honestly. It seems like he seems like when he was catering to hardcore wrestling fans with NXT, he had a lot better taste mm-hmm. then. Yeah, I think that well ran the dry, and that's why we ended up with you know the guys carrying cross and people like that becoming Triple H's guys. Yeah, Hikolo seems like another one of those where we'd all be scratching our head, going "Why?" Um, <laughs> but it'll happen. Yeah, and and this stipulation just adds weight to that, doesn't it? It makes it feel like yeah, it must it must be coming as time in Japan is done. Yeah, and uh, we got Dolores here saying on news dash they mentioned that Osprey may go to AEW get his title. So yeah, yeah, that 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 could be uh, an option for Osprey. Osprey's been great in AEW as well, so I wouldn't mind him uh, coming back. We got Nikki Boy who says I still can't believe that Okada and Omega teamed together at New Year's Dash. That was uh, I I never thought I would see. I marked the hell out Romeo to this. Were you surprised hearing that Okada? and omega teamed up in this fashion because honestly when omega came out and there was like this the the the, the kind of like the build-up to who his tag team partner was going to be i thought we were about to hear obushi's theme song i was ready for it but i was still surprised oh. by the coin drop no no way it was going to be a bushy yeah i had to know it was okada he was like the only guy that hadn't that was the main event right was the only guy that had can we by the way can we go back to producer can we go back to that picture of um the rainmaker and the, and the v trigger at the same time and just like the rain trigger the rain this trigger. Guy, what this, what's this guy's name? He got obliterated on this shit. I think it's like it already. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Beautiful. <laughs> it was beautiful. It was beautifully done. I, I love the finishing sequence. It was just like, yes, they're like the like, they're like the new Japan mega powers. It's a beautiful thing to see. Even Gino on commentary was like, Where's the handshake? Give me the handshake. Um uh, <laughs> I want I want to I want to see I want to see them team again against different competition. Mm-hmm. Yes, and I would I would love to see them go at it again. Give me Okada and Vega in in freaking the USA. It needs to happen eventually, and I wouldn't mind if- it them doing the Okada Omega to set up maybe a bigger even them Omega and Osprey getting a even bigger match at next year's Wrestle Kingdom with Kenny as the world champion against uh, Will Osprey, who is my pick to win the G One this year. Uh, if you're not doing Omega. 
Osprey Forbidden Door. Could you see it at Dominion? Too. Mm, I would. I would think the second match happens in AEW. It's got to happen mm, in the US. Too. Yeah, yeah. I think. I think it's so the, the right third move. one's in Japan. Yeah, the third one could be back at like Wrestle Kingdom, or if the two guys are in the G one. I mean, I wouldn't. Oh, I wouldn't mind that either. G one. Oh my god. I want to make it the G one. <laughs> the only negative if it, if it happens in the US, you kind of lose that dynamic, don't you? Of Osprey being like the underdog babyface, he'd almost have to be the heel as the outsider because the AW fans aren't going to cheer him over Omega, are they? So uh, I don't know if I love the dynamic now that I think about it. Yeah, but what what if the second one is uh, you know Osprey beating Omega to win the G one? Could be that. I like that. Could be that. Yeah, yeah. That that's a good that's a good shout as well. And you can you could save the the big U.S. uh matchup between the two. Maybe they do the whole trilogy this year, and then the third one is in the U.S. They could go that route as well. So it's I, I love the fact that there's so many possibilities. Right. <laughs> I, I've started the conspiracy theory on Grapple of Forbidden Door is happening in the U.K. I've got no other no evidence other than the fact that WWE have announced the pay per view in the U.K. in July. <laughs> Which tells me they maybe know something. Um, but if they're adding a fifth pay per view, we um, there's supposed to be a UK show this year, and you could do Osprey Omega. You know, maybe I'm just trying to wish that into existence. Yeah, that, that would be fun though. Mm. You're like, you're like, I want a crowd that's gonna make well even a bigger baby face. So exactly. make it in the UK. Mm. <laughs> I get it. Well, some I of the crowd, it. not all of them, unfortunately, would will. But you know, most that's true. <laughs> that's true. Some mm. people, some people have long memories. Uh, yeah. Following. <laughs> Following LIJ's loss at Wrestle Kingdom to Team Muda, uh, we had the group uh, was confronted by pro wrestling Noah's Congo stable during the post-match presser. On Thursday, New Japan Pro Wrestling and Pro Wrestling Noah have announced a joint event for January 21st called Wrestle Kingdom 17 Part 2, and the show will happen at the Yokohama Arena. On Friday, the lineup for the show was revealed it will be headlined by Congo versus LIJ best of five series. You're going to have uh, Bushi versus Tensuki. Uh, you're going to have Romo Takahashi versus Hajime. You got Sonata versus Manbu. Men uh, you got Shingo Takagi versus Nakajima. And the main event is going to be Tensuya Naito versus Keno. Uh, so there's going to be a lot of, lot of fun matchups between uh, that LI, the LIJ best of five series for sure. And plenty of other matchups with Pro Wrestling Noah going against New Japan. So going to be an exciting show. And of course, we will cover it here on the flagship podcast podcast and maybe we'll have a review on the channel or at least on patreon for you guys to check out but i think we we've done enough talking about new japan we've been alluding to it aew dynamite this week they were in seattle washington for what was billed as the new era of aew unfortunately it did not result in the ratings going up it actually went down slightly to 864,000 viewers but the show featured you know a brand new set uh, you had graphics and production moves with Mike Mansuri fully taking over as executive producer. It kicked off with Ricky Starks defeating Chris Jericho in a 
fun opener to the show. Postmaster the JAS attack starts and action Andretti after he tried to make the save with Hager driving Ricky through a table at ringside. You also had the acclaim beat Jeff, Jeff Jarrett and Jay Lethal in what was my guilty pleasure of the week because I am here for Jeff Jarrett and AEW. This has worked so much better than anyone thought it would. Yep. Uh, this was after a dusty finish where Triple J had won the title cheating and then Aubrey Edwards reversed the decision and eventually the acclaim won. Hangman Adam Page confirmed that he would be back after a brain scan next week to face John Moxley in a very intense promo exchange that was almost ruined by bad mics, I guess. Uh, Brian Danielson beat Tony Nese. Post-match, Brian cut an excellent promo, uh, had an excellent promo exchange with AEW world champion MJF to set up the gauntlet of dragging, having to win on Dynamite for five straight weeks to face MJF at Revolution for the title in a one-hour Iron Man match. You also had a Yo Mama joke, so this is a thumbs up, two thumbs up for SP3. In a very intriguing set of segments, you also had Dr. Britt Baker, DMD, refer to herself as the boss. Uh, but then we had Soraya named Tony Storm, her tag team partner for next week's show in Los Angeles, right in front of a very pissed off and annoyed Okara Shida, who was the MVP of this entire segment. Swerve Strickland defeated AR Fox in an awesome sprint of a matchup, a callback to the Lucha Underground rivalry. And then, of course, the main event of Darby Allen defeating Samoa Joe in a thriller uh, to win the TNT Championship, hugging Swift Sting to end the show in his hometown of Seattle. What a closing moment it was, a very special moment. Felt like Darby Allen has, had been reignited after a full year of, I don't know what the fuck AEW was doing with him, so I'm glad to see him back into the, this position. Benno, what did you think about this episode of AEW Dynamite? Honestly, I like I've I have been quite critical of AEW towards the end of last year. This run they're on right now is just like it's so great to see. Like we're all we were all kind of on a high because of Wrestle Kingdom, and then this Dynamite happened as well. Like it was incredible. It was an unbelievable show. The crowd were incredible. Like a big improvement, you know. I wasn't so into the new set. I felt like they didn't make enough change, you know, as far as like the ring apron and stuff goes. But the big improvement for AW the last few weeks for me has been the miking of the crowds and the way that production, like you say, is has improved. It feels like the hottest product in the world. And then you put this stuff in front of me, and it's like, yes, the rating is a is a disappointment. There's no way to sugarcoat it. It's bad. Um, but I think with wrestling and oftentimes most things it takes a while you know you have a good run of, run of shows your your reward aren't necessarily going to be immediate unless you've got like a you know a big star drawing card or something like that or something you can pull out if the quality of the show remains this good i think the ratings are gonna follow and yeah as you said there you know you give me a show with you know that amazing darby allen moment at the end of the show like you say i'm team jeff jarrett now like i've always enjoyed jeff ironically when he came into AEW. even i as an ironic jeff jarrett fan was like come on tory you can't do this what's he done that's been bad in AEW? nothing everything he's done has been gold up to and including that funny strut he did when he when uh when he thought they'd, uh, they'd beat the acclaimed on this show it was just awesome ricky stark continues to be pushed really well the danielson mjf stuff is continuing to hit it just 
everywhere you look, it's positives. Everywhere you look, it's fresh positives, fresh guys. I'm with you on Darby Allen. I don't know what they were doing for the last year or so with him. He needed heating back up. He's been heated up. Ricky Starks, he's been heated up. Like, you know, I don't like giving credit to Chris Jericho, but credit to Chris Jericho for, <laughs> for putting him over and for, you know, for doing that job because Ricky Starks yeah. probably couldn't have done with a loss here tonight. Everywhere you look, it's positives. Everywhere you look, it's fresh. And yeah, they should stick the course because I think the good ratings are going to come if the shows remain this good. I think I think you're absolutely right, and especially with the the pay per view that we're going to get next Wednesday in Los yeah. Angeles. I'm very interesting. And uh, what was kind of your biggest highlight from Dynamite this week, Romeo? The two promos with Mox and Hangman, uh, MGF and Brian. I thought both of those were great, especially the MGF Brian one, and definitely AR Fox and Swerve. You know who? Uh, yes. I, I got educated on their history with Lucha Underground. I have not seen that match, but I've heard uh, tremendous things about that match that uh, brought a little nostalgia back with their little sprint. Yeah, it felt it felt very much like a AEW answer to uh, the the uh, Ricochet and Will Osprey matches in a, in a in a way in a slight little way it felt like that like it was just the, the 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 flips to respond to another flip it was great stuff and they just they just flowed that and it surprised me that I gave that the match of the night because I liked a lot of the show but that I felt like that was the strongest match of the night we got a bunch of people talking about dynamite in the chat saying steven chambers saying great match starks and jericho uh we also got negro buck who says great win for darby in his hometown he also says uh dragon really called uh and max's mom a hoe yes <laughs> i love the clap back i just love the clap back you said my mom had sex with a goat well your mom had a sex with everybody here um <laughs> and mjf hates his mom but still he was like you don't you dare. Yeah, you can't. That's, that's, <laughs> that's, not that's a thing that always puts over the baby face against MJF. It's his reaction because he feels like he mm. could say anything. But if you clap back at him, he always acts like he's so offended. And it just puts whatever the baby face said over more. Uh, while we're talking AEW, can I have an agenda I need to make public because uh, I know Tony Khan's watching. I know he watches Drew Elite uh, yes. every Saturday, uh, especially <laughs> over Grab City. I... I need you while you still can. Don't do what WWE did. WWE still have not had their four horsewoman match, and they're not going to get it for a bit longer. Uh, we know mm -hmm. why. I need the four pillars match set up pronto while MJF is champion. While you still have him, well, while he's under your 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 contract, I need. Okay, Darby, you're heating up, heating him up. Good, Jungle Boy, on his way. I think. Sammy Guevara, where the fuck is he? What is he doing? We need the four pillars match sometime this year for the championship. Double or nothing, preferably. I wouldn't mind it. I already said I want I want Darby versus MJF champion versus champion. It could be Darby going after the, the world championship. It doesn't have to be the TNT title on the line, but I need Darby to have like at least four, six month reign. And then he goes for the championship because in my eyes, out of all the pillar matches, the best one was MJF and Darby at full gear 2021. Yeah, you want it to be like that Rock Triple H rivalry where, you know, they met as an IC champion level and then they followed yeah. each other to the main event. I want to see that happen too, yeah.
Absolutely. They very much got that that vibes. And I feel like they like like you said, Beno, they could do so much more with Darby. I feel like he's such a unique, uh, you know, how he looks, his whole his whole backstory, the relationship with staying. Like you have all the makings of this great baby face that AEW can build around. He was my pick to honestly be the guy to eventually dethrone MJF, but mm -hmm. I don't feel he's there after the year that they kind of just cooled off on him, but they can get him back there. I think. Yeah, but definitely. I think that's that's been a big sign of these shows. Just that concentrating on like a small pool of guys. Like these are the guys yeah. you want to get over. Yes, there's a huge roster. You can't please everybody. People do fall by the wayside. I'd love to see more Miro on TV, but I don't think that's happening anytime soon. He's picked the right guys right now, and yeah, long may it continue. Yes, he's he's on the right path right now. I said like since the beginning of December, this has been like mm. the best five week stretch for AEW mm. in a very long time when it comes to dynamite. And a lot of that man, sorry, like you said, the sound mixer for mm. the crowds, it has that rock party type of vibe that it originally mm. had for dynamite back in 2019, 2020. Uh, well, ahead of Wednesday's dynamite, we got some major news or so we thought uh, from Steve Mohausen of the zone. He had a report on Mercedes Monet's status with AEW and he Monet. tweeted, Monet uh, <laughs> saying that Mercedes Venado will be Soraya's partner next week in a on AEW Dynamite in Los Angeles against Britt Baker and Jamie Hayter. Couldn't announce or make a major hint due to her being still under contract to WWE until the beginning of 2023. But according to Dave Meltzer of Wrestling Observer Radio, Monet uh, is not expected to sign with AEW and will not be in Los Angeles next week. Uh, Mercedes reportedly does, doesn't want to make a long-term commitment, which is what an AEW deal would be. Uh, Mercedes has been rumored to be Soraya's partner against Britt Baker and Jamie Hayter on next week's Dynamite, but Meltzer said that he heard from people in the match that Mercedes will not be involved. He also noted that AEW had to announce something this week in order to let fans know she wouldn't be there. WWE is reportedly under the impression that she will return to them after she wrestles her matches for New Japan Pro Wrestling and gets this out of her system. She is also contacted... Yeah, same way Dean Ambrose uh, returned, right? They did say that too. They did say he just got to get this out of his system. He'll be back uh, for a few matches. She is contracted for NJTW for a few matches. But if she signed with AEW, it would be minimum of three years. And she may not want to make that commitment. Do you foresee, Benno, Mercedes Money, Money. Uh, appearing Money. for AEW in 2023? I think so, yeah. I think even if that's true about not wanting a long-term deal, I think Tony's not going to be able to help himself. I think the gimmick's going to help. She's got, she, what is she, the CEO? I mean, that fits in. Yes. Tony loves a good uh, money, power-related gimmick. You can join Leo Rush and the Trustbusters and Matt Hardy and Andrade <laughs> and Roosh and Mark Sterling. Fight over contracts. You know, you can imagine that uh, that vignette on a, on a rampage coming. Never mind. <laughs> um, <laughs> the other people she could work with, Jade, maybe. But no, I think... I, I think it happens. I think it's very interesting seeing these conflicting reports because I genuinely thought it was guaranteed. I, I wouldn't bring her in as Paige's partner. I'm not sure if a, a tag match is the is the best way to, to debut her, but I thought it was a lot. I definitely have more doubt now, um, yeah. but I do think we'll see it in some form. I think it's got to happen. We've got to we've got to hear Chris Cross. We've got to hear that on a, on a dynamite. Like it's it's got to come. Um, let's hope Monday. she brings the music with her. 
<laughs> and, and I will say, I think that AEW did a good job with those segments because I'm sorry, like that the sheet of facial expressions when Tony Storm, because you know fans out there were making that face. So to have someone mm. on the screen making that face where she calls Tony Storm a tag team partner, I felt like they executed that so good, so well. Yeah. I appreciate the effort AEW and Dave Meltzer. Are, are putting to try and make this not seem so obvious, but uh, mm. it's gonna happen. She's gonna be there Wednesday. I mean, why is Britt Baker calling herself the boss? Why is that in the script? True. This is true, and there's still the element of how this whole feud started with Britt giving Soraya the front row seat in the LA forum. And we could have maybe a promo where Soraya says, I gave that ticket to someone. And that and that's how they debut her. Since you know there are people like Benno who believe that the tag team match wasn't the best debut for her, they could just have her appear as the mm-hmm. as the debut now that they have announced Tony Storm as the tag team partner. And listen, even if Tony can't get her long term, it's worth the investment. Whatever you could get her for, bring her in there and mm-hmm. yeah, use her, use her star power. Totally. Yes. We got a Chase who says, laugh my fucking ass off. Triple H just thinks Mercedes is a teenager going through a phase. That's how it legitimately sounds. Like, she's just going through a phase. She just has to get this out of her system. Working in the, the Japan. It's like, she'll be back. <laughs> Don't worry, guys. We got this. Oh, I feel God. there was somebody else besides Moxley that, that this also happened with. Trying to I, think it was, I think it was Danielson. They, they when right, he left, yeah. when he left, he was like, Oh, he's just gonna go to New Japan, he's gonna get that out of his system. We couldn't get the deal, so he's gonna go work there yeah. and he'll be back. And then he shows up at All Out, <laughs> hmm. still uh, hasn't we, worked one New Japan match. No, yeah, yeah, he was waiting for the clap crowds to end. We yeah. he did make that clear too. Uh, but the Young Bucks are reportedly, uh, also in a kind of a contract type of discussion period, according to a new report. According to Fightful Select, the AEW EVPs and former two time tag team champions have been in talks with the company about new contracts. There's no word on whether the contracts have been signed or what the details are surrounding, but the locker room has been aware of the negotiations. The Bucks were said to have four signed four-year deals back in October of 2019 on an episode of Being the Elite. Several sources have indicated to the site that the Bucks have been talking with All Elite Wrestling about new contracts that would keep them in the company for quite some time. But again, no details or terms have been learned as of yet. However, it was noted in the latest Wrestling Observer Radio that the pair aren't actively negotiating with the company. According to Dave Meltzer, AEW has reached out to the two about a new deal, but talks haven't officially started and they are not close to an agreement just yet however aew wants to keep the bucks and lock them in with multi-year contracts it was acknowledged backstage that they should begin talks very soon and of course speaking of the young bucks if we're talking about young bucks we're talking about the elite we gotta talk about their best friend in the world their favorite person in the world cm punk because he's Hold on, wait, 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 can i say one thing about the contract thing yeah, they shouldn't. They shouldn't sign anything until AEW gets their TV deal. If they're smart, they should wait. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they should wait to see what happens with WWE as well. 
Yeah, yeah because both mm-hmm. both both companies are going to be negotiating this year. So yeah, it would be smart of them to wait it wait it out until they get their new rights there, or at least they hear something about it. I do agree with that. Uh, but yeah, CM Punk has found himself back into the headlines following Dax Hardwood's new FTR podcast. On the first episode of the podcast, Hardwood uh, detailed the night of Brawl Out and how he learned what happened from CM Punk directly. Dax also made a public plea for CM Punk and the Elite to work things out. Punk's AEW status has been in question following the media scrum after AEW All Out and the backstage altercation that occurred soon after. Dax said, this is my to all four guys please find a way to make it work if we can make it work we can set up the future of professional wrestling for a long time and we can change the course of professional wrestling for a very long time when you think about it unselfishly we're doing this for 20 30 years down the road so guys and girls can make a living have that alternative according to the last Friday's uh, Wrestling Observer Newsletter, several people in AEW do not feel the same as Harwood. The report notes that several of the top guys, including Chris Jericho, have told others they will make sure Punk doesn't return to the company. The decision will ultimately be up to Tony Khan and won't be uh, won't be made until Punk is medically cleared in five to six months. In fact, on last Friday, on last Sunday's Wrestling Observer Radio, it was noted that there were several people backstage in AEW who were not happy with Hardwood's comments at all. In the latest Observer newsletter, Meltzer discussed why he believes CM Punk may be in a stronger position to make an AEW return, though, than, than people believe. He noted that, and I quote, Punk posted on Instagram a photo with him with FTR, as well as pushing his number two merch sales and a list of the most watched YouTube videos from AEW in 2022, of which he was in many of them, including the top two. The unique part of this story is that the decision would likely be a benefit to Punk as would failing uh, business numbers because Punk's volume will be the idea he could get numbers back up during what would be a contract year as far as the TV rights negotiations. In theory, he should be good to go by April or May after his tricep surgery, and that would also be around the time FTR's contracts uh, expire. We've already had FTR come out and said they're going to take a year off when their contracts expire in April 2023. Is FTR angling for also them to talk to CM Punk. We don't know, but Benno, what do you think about all of this as far as Punk seems to be trying to kind of angle himself back for a return with his uh, social media posts? Yeah, he's definitely trolling, but also I think there's some truth behind it. Like at any time I've got a notification set on Instagram when Punk posts a story, because <laughs> I, I can never wait for what comes next. Listen, I'm an admitted, you know, huge CM Punk fan. He's probably my favorite wrestler of all time. I think a lot of things can be true. It's absolutely true that I think Tony Khan did the right thing back in the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega. And, you know, at least for a time, he was injured anyway, pushing CM Punk out of sight, out of mind. I do believe, you know, there are people backstage that don't like CM Punk. Chris Jericho is making that clear. I'm sure there's a lot of young wrestlers that do as well. And at the end of the day, he is their biggest money money draw. He is, for my money, one of the best of all time. I think you try. Maybe it doesn't work out. You know, at the very least, you try and get the books and Kenny and Punk in a room if they haven't tried already and see if you can soothe those wounds. If you can do that, I think the rest of the roster might come along or at least enough of them to justify bringing Punk back. I think it's worth a try, but I am biased as a as a huge Punk fan. It is something I want to see, and yeah, it would be the, the cherry on top to all of the other good things we've uh, seen in AEW so far this year. 
Paul what do you Kurt think, Rumblings, Paul Kurt, the rumblings, Vince McMahon returning. is like, shit, I, I'm ready to get back to work. I'm ready to work for AEW. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he has the, he's just kind of funny how everything changed around the 27th of December. That's <laughs> weird. All of that's uh, very yeah. weird. Very weird timing, <laughs> huh? That FDR year uh, off might not happen. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't know anymore. I, I think I think this is all kind of angling in a way that, yeah, I agree with Benno that they should at least try because the biggest matchup AEW can offer at this point between people that they currently have under contract is either CM Punk versus Kenny Omega or the Elite versus FTR and CM Punk. That's the mm. two biggest matches that they could give us that people would instantly buy a ticket, buy a pay-per-view to see. And TV watch negotiations TV. this year as well. Yeah. TV negotiations up. Up this year. You need that. You know, if they if they if they if there's a quick fix to get them from the eight hundred thousands to closer to a million again and get that demo too, it's CM Punk. What other cards yeah, have we yeah, got? Yeah, CM Punk. Yeah. CM Punk mm. numbers were better when he was around. Mm. It Man, was this show, this show Wednesday. This show better do a million viewers. It better come on. Yeah. It better, it better at least be above nine hundred. Like if yeah. it's a below nine hundred, it's probably the biggest disappointment in the ratings that they've ever occurred in four years. Mm. Um, AEW Rampage was last night, along with Battle of the Belts five. So we we'll just go through both of them very quickly. Uh, the show Rampage was first with Brian Danielson and John Moxley defeating Top Flight in a terrific opener in front of that molten hot Portland crowd that made everything on this show even better. Uh, we got a brilliant promo from Hangman Adam Page saying he has officially been cleared for Wednesday against Moxley. Great promo here by a hangman reminding folks that he might be one of the better talkers in AEW, honestly. Uh, Dr. Britt Baker, DMD, and Jamie Hayter beat the Renegade Twins in a match that I, I thought had no right to be as good as it was. Uh, House of Black had one of their best, best promos yet, discussing how Eddie Kingston used to be sadistic, and they want the old Eddie back, and that he's sick, and they are the cure. And then Darby Allen defeated Mike Bennett in a good main event to retain the TNT championship with this Portland crowd. This might be one of the greatest episodes of Rampage of all time. Like this flew by. It was an hour long, but it felt like 20 minutes with all the great stuff that was going on throughout this show. And then they followed up with AEW Battle of the Belts 5. The Acclaim once again beat Jeff Jarrett and Jay Lethal in a no holes barred match to retain the AEW World Tag Team titles. Eddie Kingston and Ortiz challenge House of Black for next Friday on Rampage in LA. Jade Cargo had arguably one of her better singles matches in a while against Sky Blue to retain the TBS Championship. And Orange Cassidy beat Kip Sabian in a good main event to retain the AEW All-Atlantic Championship. Like I said, this was a fun, a blast of a two hours to spend. What did you guys think were like the biggest highlights from the two hours of AEW last night? Yeah, I, I loved it. I, it was up, I was up late in the UK watching it, 5 a.m. Uh, in this finished, but uh, I did manage to, uh, to make it to the end. Um, yeah, I think the... The, the biggest highlight's got to be top flight at uh, Moxley and Danielson. Like, talk about a match that just caught me by surprise, really. I think yeah. I, I do like top flight, but I know there's been mixed results with them on TV lately. There was that uh, particularly weak match, I think it was Darius against Moxley on uh, on Dynamite a couple of weeks ago. They kind of died to death. This crowd wouldn't allow that to happen, and the work in it was, was top class as well. Like, this crowd, like you said, one of the best crowds in Rampage history. 
arguably should have been a dynamite crowd. Like you only get one first time, don't you? In in, yeah. in towns, and it's almost a bit of a shame. But they elevated everything on this show, and yeah, made Rampage feel much watch must watch for the the first time in a, in a long while. And yeah, I thought that that was probably the highlight. I enjoyed Darby and Mike Bennett. Mike Bennett's a good utility player, even if you know his use has been weird and sporadic um in aw uh so far so i enjoyed that as well and what another quick shout out acclaimed and uh jack jarrett and jay little again as much as i enjoyed the the dynamite match i enjoyed them running it back here as well it was it was like watching in the uk we have like family shows where you know the the work isn't taken too seriously it's a crowd full of kids and it's a lot of wrestlers doing booyah spots and you know it's very uh very theatre, very pantomime. Um, that's what Jeff Jarrett felt like. He was a he's a British yes. panto villain, just gaining it up and being being awesome. I really enjoyed that as well, and I never thought I'd, I'd enjoy this as a pro, and it's it's worked really well. Lots of highlights, it, to be honest. I feel like everybody played their role so well in that match. Like, yeah, I thought Santam Singh was one of the best he's ever looked with that double choke slam, and then choke slam and mm. Mike Posey, and then you had yeah. Sanjay with the referee shirt. Like, everybody played their role so well in that matchup. But I agree, that Portland crowd, one of the best crowds AEW's been in front of because they just elevated everything. The Renegade Twins and Britt Baker and Jamie Hayter. Like you when you when you saw that match be announced, you were like, oh, that's like a three-minute squash. It got eight minutes and that crowd and the Renegade Twins have improved quite a bit as well from working on mm -hmm. AEW Dark, it seems. So yeah, and I and I do also love uh, one thing I've been noticing over the last like month and a half is how connected now Dynamite is to Rampage. It used to be like Rampage, where like the the lost children, the people that didn't make it on to Ram to uh, Dynamite. Now you've been seeing more of Moxley over there. You saw Danielson mm -hmm. this week. They've been having Darby on there and Orange Cassidy. It's and then you've been seeing the the Moxley Hangman uh, feud kind of develop on both Dynamite and Rampage. You had hater and brit getting a warm-up win before their match on dynamite i they need more of that of connecting both shows mm, that's the thing it's like I'm, I'm not not as high on like you know big story beats happening on rampage because as much as you want to make rampage important you know it most people are watching dynamite and stories can lose things when that happens but there's no reason not to throw it you know the, the odd moxley singles match we've been seeing or remember that period when we were getting a lot of brian and punk singles matches to open rampage you know exhibition yeah. type matches that to you know use that star power to draw people in i think that's probably the formula 100% correct in that in that remark for sure. Uh, we got you, my boy, Blue, saying, I appreciate you guys so much. I'm at work trying not to fall asleep on the clock, and y'all got me cracking up. We try our best, man. We try our best. Oh, we also got uh, Stephen Chambers. He says, Punk comeback and viewers will go up to close to a million. I think it's the, the, the smartest kind of quickest solution to get the, the ratings back up. Paying them anyway. And like, if you're going to pay that wage, why not? Absolutely, you're paying them to be around, and you're paying them not. God, you're gonna piss off Chris Jericho. <laughs> ah, oh, we can't. Jericho. <laughs> we, we can't upset the Ocho. Uh, it's January seventh, not January sixth. But still, <laughs> fuck Jericho and his wife. Oh my goodness. <laughs> 
the only the only note i have uh following aew battle of the belts and rampage was the wrestling observer newsletter had an update on aew's future plans for kanosuke takeshna who officially signed with the company back in november takeshna has mostly been on aew dark since then only appearing on dynamite or rampage to lose the top stars according to the wrestling observer newsletter however there are significant plans to push takeshna as a top tier talent uh the storyline with don callis scouting him on aew dark is expected to lead to that and of course it was announced on dynamite that takeshna will go one-on-one -on -one with brian danielson and i popped so hard for this i was like yo if there's anyone that takeshna could possibly have a better match than his matches with like moxley and eddie kingston and claudio it's brian this match is gonna rock wow, put takeshna in a blackpool combat club take out wheelie Yuta and put him in there Oh God, the Wheeler hate. Come on, <laughs> come on. Will you stop? Will you stop? Can we call them something else? Well, but I don't know if you guys know, but Blackpool is a shithole. Like, <laughs> Regal's gone now. We don't need it. <laughs> it's like Coney Island. If Coney Island was worse, like it's awful. <laughs> we need, we need like, like uh, the, the 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 blood combat club, so they could still be yeah, the BCC go. or something with the B. Yeah. Just figure it out. Just figure it out. Uh, we got WWE SmackDown. Well, also last night, uh, the show featured Roman Reigns snapping on Sami Zayn for his loss last week against John Cena and Kevin Owens, and for trying to be like the Tribal Chief by calling his shot he was then interrupted by kevin owens who said he's the real problem and roman is just taking it out on sammy and he then challenged roman for the undisputed wwe universal championship at the royal rumble with roman accepting later in the night reigns apologized to sammy for yelling at him and then he made zane versus kevin owens for next week on smackdown meanwhile the usos defeated drew mcintyre and sheamus in a very good main event to retain the undisputed WWE tag team titles. Of course, Romeo's favorite Charlotte Flair returned Woo! on the December 30th edition of SmackDown, defeating Ronda Rousey in quick fashion for the SmackDown Women's Championship. And she got Memphis to chant, whoop that trick at Sonya Deville before defeating Whoop that trick. <laughs> Before defeating her to retain the SmackDown Women's Championship, Ricochet beat Top Dollar uh, to qualify for the Royal Rumble. A post-match hit roll turned heel by jumping Ricochet before Braun Strowman made the save. Uh, the man, the bloodline kind of was the highlight of this show. It's one of the best stories WWE has ever had at this point. Romeo, what did you think about the latest development with Roman now showing more signs of anger and uh, frustration with Sami Zayn here? I did not see last night, but it sure sounds like Roman Reigns was the MVP of the show. Uh, or Sammy, Sammy's facial expressions when like it was, it was very like the scene in the, in the, in the, uh, in the ring when Roman starts barking at Sammy, they were all like the Usos and Paul were all standing by Sammy. But as soon as Roman started barking, they all moved away. So it was very much a foreshadowing of what's going to happen when they eventually turn against Sammy. It's awesome. It's the, it's the best storyline in WWE going right now. Yeah, you said before it was the highlight of SmackDown. I mean, that's an evergreen statement, isn't it? It's the highlight yes. of every week. <laughs> um, 
it's awesome. So the only thing I wonder about is, like, I assume, obviously, Owens reigns at Rumble leads to them turning on Zayn. It's probably got to come soon. But, like, you'd want there to be a big match in Montreal. That's not far away. That's not far after the Rumble as well. Um, I'm wondering where this Roman-Sammy match is going to happen. If it's going to be there, they're probably going to have to get a move on. And it's, it's been great watching the story, you know, progress slowly. But they're going to have to get to that match at some point. I don't think it's going to be at WrestleMania. So I think I'd expect right. a big, uh, big development soon. Yeah, maybe it is next week when uh, if Kevin Owens defeats Sami Zayn, maybe that's the turn. I was thinking when he had him there and he was like, oh, you have a chance to redeem yourself. I think the move because, you know, uh, Sammy, uh, Kevin Owens and Roman Reigns have raced so many times at the Royal Rumble. They first in 2017 in the same building that 2023 is going to be the Alamo Dome in San Antonio. You had them in the Thunderdome in uh, 2021, and then you have them mm -hmm. here the third time. You got to have something different. They have done a great job of each time. It's been a different story going in, but the key to the story is Sami Zayn. I think Zayn needs to be the special guest referee for this match. Mm hmm. Yeah, you could do the turn there at the Rumble then, maybe, yeah. Um, yeah. I just wonder, it's Montreal, I wonder they get to. Maybe they do something where Sammy's off TV for a while, Owens needs a partner, and he shows up in Montreal, you know, maybe the tickets are already sold, you know, you could maybe do yeah. that. Uh, yeah. But yeah, I'm so excited. Yeah. It's a WWE storyline, and we care about it to this degree. It's, <laughs> it's great, isn't it? <laughs> That Crazy. moment where he aligns with Kevin Owens has to be in Montreal somehow, some way. Mm. Yeah, we need the hug in, in yeah. front of the Montreal fans. That's them hugging it out and stuff. Uh, on Thursday, we got some rather big news when it comes to WWE, as first reported by the good brother Alex McCarthy of Daily Mail. WWE has announced that this year's Money in the Bank event will take Money. place at the O2 in London, England. It happens on July 1st, a Saturday. This will be the first WWE pay-per-view in London since Insurrection in 2002. So the real question is, Benno, are you going? Nah. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> the tickets are expensive. <laughs> I might go to RevPro if they're running in, a, in the afternoon the two days before. I'm saving my money for Forbidden Door if they come over. Um, I didn't do Clash of the Castle, and to be honest, I was you know, regretting not going that uh, that Seamus Gunther match. Uh, definitely maybe uh, maybe you regret that. Um but I guess we'll see. How were the prices for that? Um not as high as this, but it, it's still what the thing with there is a lot of people got upgraded to uh, to better C2 who played the cheap prices. So maybe that could happen again, but this is London, so probably not. But yeah, I mean it's 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 an obvious move because the Cardiff crowd were so hot. It feels soon for them to come back, which is why I sus suspect the uh, shenanigans. But I think it'll be a big weekend in the UK. Progress will run, Rev Pro will run, there'll be other shows around it. It'll be like our own mini WrestleMania weekend. That's so you know, be, be good. Be good for the indies. Yeah. Yeah. That's really dope. Uh, PW Insider, uh, and we have a couple of this last notes are about people returning to WWE, basically. Uh, PW Insider reports that William oh. Regal is officially back in WWE working at his new position. He started on uh, January 2nd back with the company. Regal was released from the company in January of last year before heading to AEW in March. And towards the end of the year, Tony Khan led him out of his deal so he could go back and work with his son, NXT's Charlie Dempsey. Regal will not be allowed to appear on TV for 
one year. And PWE Insider reported that William Regal worked backstage at last night's edition of WWE SmackDown at the FedEx Forum in Memphis, Tennessee. Speaking of the return, Charlotte Flair, like we said Woo! before, is the new SmackDown Women's Champion after returning on last week's SmackDown in the latest Wrestling Observer Radio. Dave Meltzer noted that this was not the original plan for Flair's comeback. It was reported last month that uh, WWE was scripting Flair's return, although Dave Meltzer added that she was supposed to come back before that. The original plan was for Flair to return during the summer, but that never happened. Like Romeo said earlier, man, he was a Triple H was trying to appease his daddy before he came back. He's like, come on, man. <laughs> I got this. See, I could do the moves you would do. And then this week of that uh, December 30th SmackDown, John Cena made his long-awaited return. The Wrestling Observer Newsletter reports that the booking of John Cena for his return match on last week's episode of SmackDown was very carefully done. Cena teamed with Kevin Owens to defeat Roman Reigns and Sami Zayn after KO pinned the honorary Oose. Cena hadn't wrestled since SummerSlam 2021, so the idea was to make sure he was protected. That's why he had limited ring time in the match and due to the match being hyped on NFL on Fox broadcast the idea was that Cena had to look strong and hit his finish and of course that Smackdown episode was the highest rated episode for WWE Smackdown in two years uh, yeah. since the, the NFL lead in in December 2020 so that John Cena uh, calling card right there the drawing power is still there and I don't think there's anyone that can match Cena for WWE as of right now him versus Cody uh, WrestleMania. That's what I want. If we're not getting Cody I'd, Roman, I'd be down for that. I'd be down for Cena and Logan Paul has also been discussed. I'd yeah. be down for that nonsense. Cena as well. Austin. <laughs> yeah. That's an option too. I mean, you, you, you got to get those dream matches out the way when you can. That is for sure. Uh, WWE Raw this week, they did 1.605 million viewers. The show featured Austin Theory defeating Seth Rollins in a damn good main event to retain the United States Championship. Alexa Bliss went all crazy again after being haunted by Uncle Howdy Mass and the Wyatt logo to cause a DQ by attacking the referee and then a Bianca Belair bloodying her in their Raw Women's title match. Damage Control beat Becky Lynch and Meacham in tag team action. Once again upsetting becky lynch to get out with damage control getting the better of her and the bloodline attempted to take over once again on monday night raw when sola sokoa and beat elias in a music city street fight while Sami Zayn and the usos defeated kevin owens and the street profits in six-man tag team action you said you enjoyed this week's show what did you think romeo um i don't mind the alexa bliss stuff I thought Theory and Rollins uh, had the match of the year for about, what, a couple days or something? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, Nakamura and, and, and Great Muda was better. <laughs> that happened this year? Oh, yeah. That happened, yeah, January 1st. That was January 1st. That was, a, that was like the very first match I watched of the new year. All right. All right. You got that. <laughs> it's gone, anyways, now. <laughs> yes, yeah, it's, it's way down the list now after a couple more days. Uh, as previously reported, Naomi is listed on the active WWE roster on their website, although she has walked out of the company in May. And according to the Wrestling Observer newsletter, Naomi is still in talks to return to the company. However, nothing has been signed as of this week. Naomi was recently spotted in Japan to support Mercedes Manet, uh, but Manet. does not and must not have a deal there at 
at this time. I should have named the episode. Money. Um, <laughs> WWE NXT this week. Uh, they uh, they actually had a, oh, a decent show, even though no one was talking about it by the time I woke up after uh, sleeping through NXT to, to get ready for Wrestle Kingdom. Uh, the show featured final hype for next year next week's uh, New Year's Evil special with Braun Breaker standing tall over Grayson Waller ahead of their NXT championship match. You also had Axiom uh, beat Trick Williams in a pretty decent match, and Carmelo Hayes defeated Car- Trick. <laughs> defeated Apollo Crews in a very good bout as well. Uh, going back to 2022, yes, we're going to go back in the in the time machine because I got to ask our star rating expert here from Gravel App. I want to know what the people rated my final five-star match of 2022 because let's talk about Stardom Dream Queendom 3 that was on December 29th featuring five-star Grand Prix winner Julia defeating Shuri in a blistering tremendous main event to win the World of Stardom Championship. You also had Saya Kamatani beat Haroka uh, Yuma Yumasaki to retain the Wonder of Stardom Championship. Seven Up beat Melitair to win the Goddess of Stardom Tag Team Titles. Prominence also beat uh, Uedo Tai to win the Artists of Stardom Trios Championships. And Kyrie and Yatami Hayashita went to a 15-minute time limit draw in a very good matchup between two of the top stars for Stardom in on this show here. So of course we're gonna get a rematch in the new year, but Shuri. Versus Julia was my woman's match of the year. It came late. It, it over it, it overshot Shuri versus Yutami Hayashita from Gold Rush. So, Benno, I want to ask you, what did the Grabble at people rate this match of Shuri and Julia? 4.67. Um, a lot of five stars in there, a lot of 4.75 stars, and a few four and a half stacking it down. But that's an incredible rating. That is like that's yeah. top 10 match of the year level. Um, and that's off, yeah, a fair amount of ratings as well. I think uh, a lot of people maybe parachuted in um, for this big show from, uh, from Stardom. <laughs> I appreciate it, man. I, I, I'm in, really enjoying Stardom. I did a lot of like catching up at the end of the year to watch some of their great matches, so I can have more of like a comprehensive like of the year kind of seeing their their greatness and Stardom. Honestly, it was my promotion of the year because I felt like they had not a not like a 2017 New Japan year, more like a 2015 2016 New Japan year, where I think 2023 I is going to be bigger for them because you got probably Mercedes. Monet, Monet, uh, Monet, showing up on, on Stardom, and they're getting more attention with this whole partnership with Bushi Road in New Japan. JP will always say it on Grapple, they are the one promotion who you look at and they're actually showing growth, you know, business wise, you know, ticket sales wise, bringing in the right new stars. And yeah, like Julia is a big factor as well. Like, I, I you look at her and I, you know, saw this match myself coming out, coming out for that one. She comes across like the biggest star in the world, uh, in that promotion. So, yeah, it's great to see, and um, that they are uh, going from strength to strength. Julia, honestly, is one of the, the best female wrestlers I've ever, I think I've ever seen. She just has so many different skills, and I love that they got Shuri. They call her the Yoshi uh, Brock Lesnar because those kicks, man, <laughs> she, she got some of the hardest kicks of anyone I've ever seen in wrestling. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah. sticking with Japan and going to the first day of Japan, we mentioned it a bit on the show. Uh, they uh, You had Pro Wrestling Noah's New Year's Day show 2023. Actually a really good show. It had a couple of good matches for the 
their GSC, GHC uh, World Championship and GHC uh, Tag Team Championships featuring Kenta teaming up with Mer uh, Fuji for the first time in a long time in Noah. But everybody was there to see WWE Shinsuke Nakamura defeating the Great Muda in a fitting farewell match for the legend. However, however, Muta then cut a highly, <laughs> highly controversial post-match interview where he said, and I quote, I'm, I'm not, I'm not throwing, I'm not pulling any punches here. This man said, maybe Shinsuke is a queer. He's a queer. Maybe he's a fagal. Excuse my language, but it rhymes with maggot and it starts with an F. But that is how it, he pronounced it. And uh, he said, thank you, Shisuke. I was so baffled, Benno and Romeo, that nobody was really talking about this post-show interview because I was just like, how is this allowed? I know we're in I... Japan, but why is nobody <laughs> talking about this? I saw people, they, they misheard him, thought he said he called Nakamura Polly and he was being an ally. The 60-something-year-old Japanese man wasn't being an ally. Like he, It was like, you know... Look, we've just had the holidays. We've all got the the the, the homophobic uncle or granddad who says those things that that, it, that he shouldn't say. It doesn't make them right. We should challenge them when it happens. But can you really be surprised? Like I didn't yeah. expect he thought anything else. Um, yeah, it was a it was a bad taste joke. I think is what he was trying to do. But he's going to face no comeback from it. Not, not certainly not in Japan. Certainly not because he's great music. Like you're right. This story came and went, didn't it? It didn't really have any stay in power at all and yep. everyone's kind of moved on and going yeah probably thought he'd think he has a baby was... face a couple days later wrestle kingdom yeah 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 and, yeah. No, and no the, the man's a cunt as well by the way can we th throw that out there like i've never seen someone so miserable to win like at, at wrestle kingdom like you could tell he wasn't happy that he wasn't getting the pinfall this match with muta like he tried to just storm this match sorry with nakamura tried to storm off because you knew he thinks in his head he should be beating Nakamura. Like, if, if anybody hasn't seen his reign of terror in Noah the last year or so, where they made him world heavyweight champion in 2022, like, the sooner released, the better. Like, I know he's got like 27 more retirement matches to go, but oh, what a gobshite. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, I was just like, whoa, wait, well, why, why, why are we not saying anything? All right, well, uh, mm -hmm. we can move on. It was fun, the, 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 the farewell match. It was, you know, smoke and mirrors. Yeah, it felt, it felt, and it felt like Nakamura had a bit more energy than he ever shows in WWE, having those Japanese yeah. fans. We got the, the great uh, entrance with the violin oh, player, so Lee good. England Jr. That was so good. And the finish, I thought, was perfect. Great finish. Like the match, the match yeah. wasn't all perfect, but the finish was perfect with how many times Muda spit the miss. He spit the red miss and the green miss into, into Nakamura's mouth. And then when he saw him going for the third miss, he was like, nope. <laughs> Let me take that, spit it in your face. Kinshasa, one, two, three. Great stuff. Great uh, stuff yeah. Then, yeah, GCW, they had final shows to end off 2022 and start 2023. They did their Till the Infinity show, which was late on New Year's Eve, so they would have one last match to start off 2023, the first official match of the year, but the show featured, in my opinion, my highlight of the show was Maki Ito confronting GCW world champion Nick Gage and then defeated Ali Cash to officially become gang-affiliated, and she has joined the MDK gang. Maki Ito and Nick 
Gage, the the duo I never thought I needed and wanted. Uh, Tony Dempin beat Leo uh, Leon Slater in a blast of a match. He also had two generations going at it with Speedball Mike Bailey defeating two Cole Scorpio in a fun bout. You had John Wayne Murdoch beat Sawyer Wreck in the final death match of 2022. And then GCW 56 Nights was on New Year's Day with Maki Ito defeating Billy Starks, Sawyer Wreck, and Dark Sheik to win a four-way match. You also had Masha Slamovich won the 30-person do-or-die rumble to determine number one contender for the GCW World Championship. And post-match, Blake Christian raised her hand and then turned officially heel by kicking her in the face. Uh, Impact on Access TV, you had the show featuring Bully Ray, once again, the biggest heel in, in Impact Wrestling. He invaded uh, when he wasn't supposed to be there. He was sent home by Scott Demore. Demore confronted him in a heated conversation that led to Demore punching Bully. He responded by having his, his heavies, Skyler and Hodge, hold up Demore as Bully delivered a power driver and then a power bomb through a table to lay out the uh, the president or booker for impact wrestling chris saban defeated uh, matt cardona in a pretty good matchup and taylor wild beat masha slamovich ahead of the four-way match number one contenders match at hard to kill we'll have an official hard to kill preview by the fellows of blunt impact chris g and Ness coming up on i believe it's going to be both on patreon first for the patreon backers and then we will place it here on the channel so you get a proper preview for hard to kill but we got to wrap things up for this edition of True Whole Heat with our final segment here. It is time for the first 2023 match of the week. Benno, to explain, we've uh, introduced this whole uh, segment where we give a gold medal, silver medal, and bronze medal to the top matches of the week. For this week, though, I'm going to switch it up. I told y'all top three, but I'm going to give y'all a little bit more wiggle room because I know, you know, there's a bunch of matches from the final week of 2022 we might want to mention from this first week of 2023. So you got a top five. Five matches that you thought were the best from the last two weeks of wrestling. I will start it off here. I will say number five. I will say the four-way uh, IWGP Junior Heavyweight Championship matchup from Wrestle Kingdom 17. I will say number four. Uh, I would give to Swerve versus AR Fox from AEW Dynamite. Number three, I will give to Switchblade Jay White versus Kajuko Okada in the main event of Wrestle Kingdom 17. Number two, I will give to my final five-star match of 2022, Shuri versus Julia from Stardom Dream Kingdom 2. And then finally, of course, number one, I mean, yeah, it's that. Kenny Omega, Will Ospreay, Wrestle Kingdom 17, six stars, my second ever six-star match that I ever rated. Benno. Give us your top five for the last two weeks. Yeah, it's been a great couple of weeks just seeing you run down, like everything going on in wrestling. It feels like feels like old times again. And while there's all just constantly talking about AEW, there's other fun things happening as well in the world. But yeah, I go for my top five. It is still AEW heavy because they've had a great week. Um, yeah. I think five, if I'm getting five, I'll throw in an honorary mention for uh, the acclaimed uh, against uh, Jay Lee <laughs> and Jess Jarrett. Probably both the matches. So yes. one can be me six and one can be me five. But the one from Dynamite, I, I especially enjoyed with the uh, with the Jeff Jarrett struts I mentioned earlier. Number four, uh, Swerve and uh, NAR Fox, as you say. That, that Lucha Underground match is no, no joke. One of my favorite matches of all time. Um, and it happened in Lucha Underground. Like People haven't seen it. Get out there and see it. It's incredible. 
incredible. Uh, Dante Fox against Killshot. But this was a good entry too. Like I say, lots of uh, innovative offense. Two guys who, who know each other so well. So yeah, that was for uh, Mox and Brian against Top Flight. Wouldn't have expected to have a Rampage match in here. I thought they absolutely... That's definitely uh, my, my honorable mention. It. Yeah, that would be oh. my honorable mention for sure. I love that match. Yeah, just the way that built and the way the story, you know, story was told within a, a molten crowd, incredible. Darby Allen and Samoa Joe was becoming one of my favorite rivalries in wrestling. Like, I thought Joe was finished. Like some of those appearances in November, early December time, when he's coming out looking pink and exhausted. By the time he made it to the ring, I was like, well, Joe, like I think we need to have a word here. And I love Samoa Joe. And this has felt like this has felt like I know I know you'll feel the same. SB three prime two thousand five two thousand six Samoa Joe when he's in there they, with Derby to. Uh, they to feel like for. perfect opponents for each other. Mm. Like Joe seems like he's having a great time just beating the crap out of Derby. He could do that for oh. the rest of his career. And you'd be happy. It's been so good, so good. An unexpected gem, and then yeah, number one, as you say, Omega Osprey. It's probably going to be my match of the year, unless they top it uh, later, like Romeo said. Yes, Romeo, on you, your top five for the week, and of course, uh, we want to hear from y'all as well. If you're if you're watching, you're this far on demand. Let us know in the comments down below, or let us know in the live chat if you're still with us live. Romeo, who you got? Okay, my number five. It was a four-way of the Junior Heavyweight Championship, IWGP. Uh, number four, help me with the pronunciation here, the, the starter match. How do, how do I say their names? Shuri versus Julia. Thank you. That. Uh, number three, Okada and Jay White. Number two, you guys are going to find this a little shocking, but Osprey Omega. Whoa, okay. Oh. And number one, Ronda Rousey versus Charlotte. <laughs> <laughs> What a moment. What a moment. I, you know, I, I was like, I was like, why do I think he's gonna have that one or two? I was like, why did I think he was gonna have that one or two? That's the pop of the night, ladies and gentlemen. You'll see that on the Six clips next stars. week. Six and a half stars there. It'd be seven if she did that <laughs> shitty cartwheel into a clothesline. Sasha's getting all the heat, Charlotte. <laughs> I both hate and love Romeo so, so much. So on brand. That was an on brand Romeo answer right there. But hey, you they... opened the door by including last year. You opened the door. <laughs> Thank you so much, Beto, for joining us. It's been too long, my good brother. So mm. you you can expect I'm probably gonna hit you up maybe a month, a few weeks from now to get you back because it was yeah. so much fun talking wrestling with you because you have so much knowledge watching everything that you do. Please let the people know where they can follow you. Pulse Wrestling, Gravel App Podcast. Let the people know. Oh, thank you. Always happy to, to be here. Always love coming. Always feel like it's a, it's a second home. Feels very similar to my podcast, which is Grapple Spotlight, uh, where we also talk the, the entire uh, week in wrestling, myself and JP. And we get, we get guests, uh, a lot of friends uh, of the show um, over there. So uh, look forward to that. We should be revealing our guests for this week uh, soon. Um, still doing little bits and pieces on post-wrestling. Still got to justify up in the hat. Um, but it tends to be uh, less regular now. British wrestling is uh, is where it is in the world. So we don't do, uh, do, do many podcasts podcast over there anymore but other than that catch me on twitter at benson richard and uh help me fight the sasha stands um that would always be appreciated Ben the breadhead the president the president of the, the breadhead club he is yeah. benno yes <laughs> 
Apparently an ugly British bitch as well, but what are you going to do? You know, you can't please everybody. Uh, I'd also follow Grapple App as it says there. and uh, get Absolutely. I'm, I'm still waiting for my, my invite to the Grapple App podcast because I, we'll have, you I, haven't, I haven't popped my cherry. My pop, pop, pop my cherry over there. And now that I'm watching Stardom, I'm, I'm pushing the Stardom agenda mm. in 2023. Uh, Romeo. Stealing all our Seen Andrew Thompson <laughs> over here, all kinds, you know? We need to... Uh, <laughs> got a little civil war going on. But yeah, we'll Absolutely. do we'll it. We'll, we'll work everybody into a shoot, and we'll th they'll think we're really feuding. Uh, <laughs> Romeo, please let the people know where they can follow you, man. You're you're like the face of the channel, so let the people know. Oh, by the way, I have the winner here of the season two prediction contest on Patreon. Do you, do you want to know who the the top three for season two were? Yes, Number three the... was me, unfortunately. Hmm. Number two was you, SP three. No, Nick, Nick Jackson won by one more correct guess than you. <laughs> yo, because yo, I remember you put the standings, and I was like, I'm three away. I was like, all I need is four answers more than him, and I got two instead of four. Oh, just, just missed it. Sorry, Nick Jackson. It's because Congrats, I changed my pick. I, I, it's because I changed those two picks because I did predict Zack Sabre Jr. to beat Narita. Oh, when you asked me, I said Narita was going to win. Come on, Zack Sabre and Jr. I, and then I also, on the preview, made the argument for Cash 2 2 to beat Leo. And I, oh. I, I, I'm, I'm disgusted by myself right now. <laughs> uh, you just made me so upset. <laughs> Let the people know when they can True Hill Romeo, Twitter and Instagram, right here on the True Hill YouTube channel. Uh, we'll have a raw watch along, NXT dynamite that's going to be crazy on wednesday join us for all that uh friday night warriors next week for um smackdown and um impact uh hard to kill is on friday not a saturday just so you guys yeah. know and uh catch me on the sports channel tonight the jaguars titans true hill heat sports nice. playoff game and tomorrow all the football and everything join us Yes, got plenty of great content coming up between True Hill Heat Sports and our True Hill Heat YouTube channel right here. So subscribe over there, THA Sports. We're trying to grow, trying to hit 300 subscribers over there. Very close to hitting that goal over there as well. Twitch.tv forward slash True Hill Heat Gaming. We're going to get some more gaming in the new year, but every Thursday, 8 p.m. Eastern time, you got Blunt Impact over there. You can watch it with Ness and Chris uh, watching Impact on Access TV. Follow me on the Twitter machine at True Hill SP3. Follow the gang, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, at True Hill Heat. If you want to be a bigger supporter of what we do here, you want to uh, give back to the contributors for the content we give you here, patreon.com forward slash True Hill Heat is the best place to do that. $3 a month. Uh, you got exclusive content. Right now, you got SP3's Raw Report up there. Later today, we'll have um, myself and Jay News reviewing the Great Muda and Shinsuke Nakamura match in depth. And we will talk in depth about that promo as well from Muda afterwards. So stay tuned for that on the Patreon. But thank you so much to everyone who joining us. Remember to drop the thumbs up on this video. Share this video with all your wrestling fans, friends, and family, all your favorite social media platforms. If you're new to the True Hill YouTube channel, hit that subscribe button. Hit the bell to stay notified for all the great content here. For a very special guest, Benno, for Romeo, it is me, it is me, your True Hill Phenom, SP3. This has been True Hill Heat 207, the big clap back. Vince is back. We are signing off until next time. My
money. Mm.